Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So today, we are going to be discussing the first batch of Zendikar Rising previews. We've gotten 13 new legendary creatures this past week. Yes. Wow. Uh, So there is a lot of ground to cover. Um, We're also going to briefly talk about the new mechanics in general, and then we'll we'll dive into the individual cards. Um, So lot going on. I don't want to waste too much time in the intro, but before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, a brief mechanical overview. We've got some returning mechanics as well as a couple of new mechanics in this set. So Kicker returns in uh, Zendikar Rising. And it's, I mean, we've seen this mechanic many times by this point. Um, It's definitely really helps smooth things over in Limited. It's not the best mechanic for Commander. um, Especially, well, with regards to creatures in particular, like you can't um, blink creatures and still get whatever Kicker uh, benefits they have you can't like reanimate creatures and get their their benefits so it kind of precludes a lot of these cards from slotting into some of the engines that are staples of the format uh landfall is a bit more exciting this is a very easy to to abuse this in this format because we have fetches we have land recursion we have a ton of ramp so and it looks like relative to what we saw in battle for zendikar um the power level on these landfall cards seems to be higher. Yeah, which is pretty wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Last time it was a little bit of a letdown, but now we're seeing more of that like Zendikar World Wake level of power. So that's very exciting. Um, happy to see that return. And let's talk a little bit about some of the newer mechanics that yeah. we're seeing. Yeah, there's... Well, I guess I'll get into the first one. So there's a mechanic called Party. It's a job tribal mechanic. Basically, your party consists of a warrior, a wizard, a cleric, and a rogue. Um, And it works kind of differently. We'll kind of get into how like different cards reference it in different ways. But you get benefits for having creatures in your party. You get benefits for having a full party, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we'll kind of get into more cards that talk about it because they're all a little different. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the mechanic in general and its applications in Commander? Yeah, okay, so I think it's going to be one of those things that sits on your shelf more often than not. There are powerful wizards, and we're getting more warriors and like rogues and stuff like that, but in general, you're not really casually putting these four creature types in the same deck list it it kind of would be like a weird coincidence if that were to happen very often so i think that you're gonna have to build specifically around playing with these party cards and unless we get some really high incentives to do so a lot of these cards are just gonna kind of fall by the wayside is my guess yeah that that makes a lot of sense to me i agree that this isn't the party thing isn't building off of something that happens naturally in commander So it really needs to have a uh, a commander that really incentivizes it in order to convince you to to compose your deck in this way. And there was a commander printed that like, that, or well, two commanders that um, focus on having a lot of party members. But we'll get into those in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, the other 
uh, related to this, there also is a strong job tri- job tribal theme in the set. Um, there's looks to be commanders supporting a lot of these uh, the the component jobs making up the mm-hmm. the party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's very cool. That's very exciting. Most of those jobs haven't had a tribal commander previously. Yeah, or it was uh, lackluster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. It's great to see new uh, new archetypes opening up in this way, uh, and then I I, I want to spend a, a little bit of time just talking about the modal lands. This is like yep. the big new mechanic. It's the biggest innovation in Zendikar Rising, and they are spending a lot of real estate on this mechanic. Yeah, it's crazy actually. It, yeah, it looks like we have um, a rare cycle, a bunch of rare dual lands, a mythic cycle, and then. How many? Three, four uncommon yeah, cycles? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be four, but I think like it's at least three uncommon cycles. So, yeah, so huge number of cards, um, and I think that they're going to be very impactful. So just to, to briefly touch on what this is, uh, there is one, well, six-card cycle of lands in which you play them. You can choose which side that you play them as out of your hand. And it's either taps for one color or taps for another color. And then the rest of these modal cards are a land on one side and a spell of some kind on the other. And most of these these spell and land combos uh, come into play tapped on the land side. But really, like, if you're running a deck that doesn't have a lot of mana requirements, if you're running like a monocolor list or maybe a two-color list, it's it's very, very easy to, to just take out a basic land for one of these. So in most cases, especially for when the spell effects are things that are just generally useful in Commander, Oh yeah, there's almost no reason not to put them in your deck. They are just yeah. auto-include new format staples, which I don't love. Yeah, so one thing that they... We'll get into it as we go through cards individually, but it seems like with a lot of them, they concentrated the power into like an archetype so that not every blue deck is going to want to run this spell or not every red deck is going to want to run this spell. Like, spoiler alert, one of them's Fling, but worse mm-hmm. because it's a land on the backside and most of my red decks don't really want to run Fling. So like, that's that's kind of a cool way to do it. But there are... um. Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit tricky. I think it's it's um the spell has to be pretty bad for you not to want to run it in your list. Yeah. I do like those modal cards where um one side is narrow and only goes in one particular deck. I think that's great. It's just a little reward. Like you get to play kind of one fewer land and one more spell if in this narrow deck that wants a fling, for example. Yeah. But there are some of these that are just like destroy target creature yes. or uh, like shuffle away a bunch of cards and draw that many plus one. Like there, there's a lot of decks that want that effect. Yeah, regrowth, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for those, uh, for those cards, I think like there's no reason not to just run them in every deck. And they are, and the problem is like, you know, the reprint crisis still they wizards is working on it but it's still like a large issue and when they print format staples that are just automatically going to go in thousands and thousands of decks in in the most popular format uh, and especially ones that have that are double face technology so you can't reprint them easily you can't just put these in a commander precon going forward it's like you have to be uh already making use of double face technology 
So that's a danger. Um, it's it's just going to, I think, very quickly, a lot of these these staple effects are going to get priced out of people's hands. Yeah, and I, I think um, my excitement for a lot of these cards is that they're good and fun, but it's kind of tempered by exactly what Nick was just saying, where like there's this looming fear that I'm going to just have to pick up as many of these regrowths or like as I want for the rest of my life. Yeah. Before it's like a $7 uncommon or like, like God's forbid, like a $20 uncommon someday or, or more like looking at what some uncommons have become in the format. So it's like, Hmm, I, I really do want to play with these cool new cards, but, uh, it's kind of playing with fire. It feels like, Mm Hmm. All right, I think we can jump into the legendary creatures. So we're going to start off uh, going in color order with Drana, the last blood chief. She is three black black for a legendary creature vampire cleric. She's a 4-4 flyer, and whenever she attacks, defending player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that card to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. That creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. How do you feel about this card? I think this is fine. This is like a mono fair commander. I feel like people are going to open this card and then look at their collection and be like, huh, yeah, I could build that and then like make a pretty fair deck out of it. There's not like too much like sick tech for this card in particular, but um, I think it's not as bad as I initially thought on the surface. Um, And you do kind of get choices like black is pretty good at like pruning its graveyard um, and pruning all graveyards really. Um, so you do get choices as to what your opponent's choice is going to be most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's good. Also, like there's so much redundancy in black. Like if you have a merciless executioner and a fleshbag marauder and you're like, all right, which one do I get? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fine too. You know, like there's not, not a lot going on that they can really, uh, mess with your plan with. What, what do you think the non-legendary text is balancing against? That's a good question. I've been thinking about that too because I feel like th- this is entirely a feeling. I have not researched this. I feel like we're seeing that a decent amount these days. Um, I couldn't think of it. Like I'm just trying to think of like if there's a legend that combos with this. So like as I was doing research for this list, um, I mean like Kokusho came up and uh, Sadisi Undead Vizier came up, but I don't know if this is like a... Um, if this is like, I just want you to not have to worry about doing that a bunch of times in Commander, or if there's like something in Standard that they're worried about. Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly to me seems a lot more like a Standard concern than a Commander concern, because like I could see, well, I don't know, it's a 5-mana 4-4 four, four flyer that doesn't do anything with an Enters, and gone are the days of Baneslayer being a chase rare, so... yeah. I don't know if this is actually good enough for standard <laughs> anymore, <laughs> but that would be my guess is that's what it was balanced for. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to echo a lot of the same thoughts. Like it's seems like a fun, fair, uh, black reanimation type deck. It's pretty easy to make it so that you are getting the choice of what you want every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Mind Slicer seems like the best thing to do <laughs> repeatedly. Pretty good. Uh, especially since you're playing out of your graveyard. But yeah, seems I, I have no problem with this card existing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's anything that you like doing multiple times in black is good here. Grey Merchant, whatever. So mm-hmm. just uh, have a blast. Grab your, um, your like, Withered Wretch and go to town. Mm-hmm. 
Um, next guy is Taborax Hope's Demise. This is a 2-2 flying demon cleric for two and a black. Uh, he has Taborax Hope's Demise has lifelink as long as there are five or more plus one plus one encounters on it. And whenever another non-token creature you control dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Taborax. If that creature was a cleric, you may draw a card. If you do, lose one life. So, how do you feel about this guy? Well, I would be a lot more excited about it uh, if if we did not also get a black-white cleric tribal commander that kicks ass in this yeah. week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, my my excitement for it is definitely tempered by that. It doesn't seem quite as good as the other cleric tribal commander we saw. It also, like... If you were going to make up a, a monocolored cleric tribal commander, it seems like a lot of the bangers are white. There's just yeah. more been more white clerics over the years. I think there's like less than 60 black clerics mm-hmm, ever printed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just ever, period. Yeah, whereas white has a, has a pretty deep field. So this is not the perfect color identity for this. And... Like it's the reward that this card gives you is not as good as the other cleric tribal commander that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to him, but I kind of agree with you. I think like, man, what, what's the shadowborn apostle? That's the, so shadowborn apostles, a one, one human cleric, human cleric, um, for one black or is it just a single black mana? And it has a uh, black sacrifice, six of these guys, six creatures named shadowborn apostle. Mm-hmm. Um, search your uh, library for a demon card and put it on the battlefield. So you... Also important to note, a deck can have any number of cards oh. named Shadowborn Apostle. So yes, yes, that unaffected is. by the singleton rule. Yeah, that actually is probably the most important part of the card. <laughs> so um, if you get six of those guys out, drop your Tabarax with some like good demons in your deck and then pop one you are drawing six cards getting a demon out that's that seems fine that seems like kind of the best version of this list at this point in time yeah there's just a couple i I mean i've heard that um strategy but there's a couple things i don't like about it yeah no that's totally fair um one is that like you're doing the card draw before the search trigger resolves so it's like (laughs) i would really really love to get my uh my Razakath onto the battlefield and it's like, oh, I drew it as one of my six cards. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and also if we're talking about like mono black Shadowborn Apostle decks, um, you know, we already have access to, uh, what is it called? Shirei Shizo's Caretaker, which is, which basically like, if it lives the turn you pop your Shadowborn Apostles, uh, it returns all of them to the battlefield. So then you could use it again pretty much as many times as, as you want, as long mm-hmm. as Shira remains alive. Yeah. Which is a bit sweeter than drawing six cards. Yeah, it's a little bit better. So, I, I don't know. I think for a mo- mono black Shadowborn Apostle deck, there's just a better option. Nope, yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree there. Um, so now we're getting into this next This next guy's pretty... He, okay, I don't even know how to talk about him. He like is uh, Morag Fury of Akum. Uh, I think he's an instant red staple but you you can we'll talk about him in a sec so this is a six mana six six minotaur warrior uh four and two red each creature you control gets plus one plus oh for each time it has attacked this turn landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control if it's your main phase there's an additional combat phase after this phase at the beginning of that combat 
untap all creatures you control. Um, okay, so first off, just landfall, extra combat, cool, that's awesome. There's a pitfall. This is just worded really weirdly. So it's worded so you can't like go infinite with like a uh, sword of the animist. Sword of the animist. So that it has to be on your main phase. Uh, that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. But this is just going to trip people up in like arena a lot, I feel like, where they're going to drop the land on their first main phase. They're going to get that extra combat. They're going to attack. And then they're going to get their regular combat and all their guys are tapped down. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, 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 if you're playing Morag in your deck or as your commander, second main phase, <laughs> have that discipline. Drop those lands on the second main phase. Pop those fetches on the second main phase. That way you can attack with your regular combat, then untap your guys and get those extra combats after that. I, ki- I kind of wish, and I know that like maybe this is color pie breaking, um, but I feel like they should be able to use keyword abilities just when it makes the card easier to work with. Oh, yeah. And, and what I'm thinking is like, wouldn't this card be like so much simpler to understand and use if it just had this static effect Creatures you control have vigilance. Oh yeah, of course. Then you wouldn't have to worry about any. You wouldn't of that have extra to think stuff. about like when I am cracking my fetches. Like yeah, but what whatever. It's not. It's definitely not a red ability currently. Yeah. I mean, even though like, well, the thing is, if red can untap its stuff as part of extra combat steps, what does it? I know. I know. It gets... Is that is that really like such so far away from vigilance? <laughs> <laughs> no, I told. I mean, I definitely feel you there. Um, it's it's dubious at best it's not so much of a color pie break when it's just making the card work as intended Mm -hmm. so and not like tripping people up it's like no dummy if you wanted to do that you should have played your lands in your second main phase as someone who played standard while cost of the hammer was a card they'd be like all right like play my mountain for the turn and you oh, like, yeah cool. and they'd be like all right now it's a four four i attack you and you're like ah ah, ah that mountain doesn't have haste. i love it when my cards collude with my opponents <laughs> to kill me that's so cool <laughs> you're like you can't even cast lightning bolt now you you big dumb dumb yeah like, Koth, just a fucking sleeper agent for my opponent i know that's kind of i feel like what this guy's gonna be like sometimes is they're gonna be like drop your land and you're gonna be like yes because it's their <laughs> first main phase and you know that they're just gonna tap their board down and uh yeah. maybe scoop an embarrassment that happens a lot on a <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah so we'll see but th- other than that all of that is need to make like a hot key for the oops emoji <laughs> <laughs> yeah or at least let you bind yeah you're like all right f8 is is a uh, is my oops now <laughs> mm-hmm but yeah, this guy, I, I am excited for this guy. Uh, very strong still, even with all these restrictions kind of about timing in place. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so briefly talking about him. Now let's let's get into the, like the deck and yeah, its application cards. in Commander. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, the way I built around this guy was I ran a bunch of token generators because like, I mean, they, you, you want to like spread the bonus as wide as you can especially when you're getting extra combat steps like even if your opponent has like a f- has five fives if you've got a bunch of one ones it's like okay they attack the first time they're two ones they can jump with their five fives and then the next combat step like your guys are three ones and it's like if they like they would trade with two one ones yeah if they wanted to block twice in a row tokens are great for spreading out that bonus uh the the mana base is obviously going to be really pricey because you're running every fetch imaginable anything in your colors yeah it's kind of a shame like that this guy is mono red because just red has so little to do with lands 
really there's almost nothing in here that kind of enables the landfall in mono red it's like they're all colorless stuff like okay crucible is really good okay um walking atlas glad glad to have you in here buddy yeah get in there bud uh but red isn't really offering a whole lot on that landfall side there's just like the one other good landfall uh trigger which is velika exploration Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um which we will get into later yeah this is a spoiler alert that's a a spoil in this episode (laughs) yeah um but i do really love morag as a um morag Mm. more i think morag right sure yeah uh morag as a member of the 99 in like green red x landfall decks oh yeah just any any other color that can help trigger this like uh green like uh naya green red just gruel color is like so incredibly powerful like just really uh like this in a gahiji deck you're whatever is getting so much larger than it was initially so i definitely agree there it's funny because a lot of reds interaction with lands isn't actually them entering the battlefield or getting them or tutoring them or anything like that it's either like blowing them up or using them as a resource like discarding them or like counting them in your graveyard or something like that so it just like doesn't quite line up in this way that landfall kind of wants them to all right. Uh, anything else on the subject of Morak? Are you ready to move on to the next commander? Yeah, let's talk about this doozy. Okay, uh, this is Ashaya, Soul of the Wild. Three green green for a star star legendary creature elemental. Ashaya's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. And non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. And then in parentheses, they're still affected by summoning signals. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk about this card. How would you build around a Shia? Yeah. So this is, um, I saw this and was like, oh wow. Okay. Like there's probably something here that I'm not seeing. And then there definitely, definitely was cause it, uh, there's so many angles to this. Anyone who has played with life and limb, uh, which is an old enchantment that makes your sapperlings forest and your forest sapperlings just knows how much goofy stuff there is going on there. And that one is really goofy. So when I was looking at Ashaya, that was kind of what I was thinking of. And the first thing that came to mind was uh, things that untap your lands. Uh, basically gives you pseudo-vigilance, gives you more mana, stuff like that. Uh, your non-token creatures trigger landfall now. So if you have any of that, that's the next kind of level in that equation. Um, something to note, Blood Moon does kill this. Uh, there's a lot of layers to the step, but basically what ends up happening is Blood Moon says Ashaya is a a zero zero with no abilities and then dies and then everything goes back to normal (laughs) and then we leave the uh the uh, nightmare world that we were in for a moment Mm -hmm. um but there's there's actually just like a ton of tech for this do you want to get into like some of the cool tech for this so so there's like two levels of the tech here i think this is there's like oh this is enable something kind of cool like a little bit modular and then there's some like whoa yeah, the, really the balance of the game has changed yeah so the let's talk about the latter so there are a handful of cards even in mono green color identity that destroy all non-land permanents yep and if your creatures all happen to be lands thanks to ashaya uh it's going to be a pretty devastating one-sided board wipe so all of your opponent's stuff is cleared uh, your army remains untouched and conveniently there are no longer any blockers on the table yep 
So those cards are Oblivion Stone, Perilous Vault, Boom Pile. The Oblivion Stone and Perilous Vault are a little bit expensive to play and use, but fortunately all your creatures are also land, so. Yeah, that's I think the thing that really makes this crazy is that like that uh Wood Elf you played on turn 3 to get like tutor out of land and to like ramp into your Ashaya now is a forest itself that helps you ramp out your Perilous Vault to exile all the non-land. It's like so good it's yeah so synergistic. it just happens really fast like yeah. it's so easy to go like three to five to ten yeah it's insane yeah it just blows up literally actually yeah uh a couple of other things that seem pretty cool um so timber protector makes all of your tree folk and forests indestructible if all of your creatures are forests then hey all, all my guys are indestructible i don't know what to do with that i'll figure something out yeah <laughs> um there's a couple things that make token based on num- the number of forests you control. So if you're greatly increasing the number of forests on the battlefield, like Howl of the Night Pack and Beacon of Creation are both pretty good. There's a couple, um, there are a couple bounce engines that become viable once you have a Shy on the battlefield. So Quirion Ranger and Scrib Ranger both have abilities that you can activate once per turn that allow you to bounce a forest to your hand to untap a creature. So this ability is not only going to generate mana because you're untapping a creature that is also a forest, but uh, they also they allow you to like bring that wood elves back to your hand or, or whatever other ETB creature you have so you can recast it and get more value. That seems cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then there are a handful of cards that untap all creatures you control. Um, generally, like untapping your lands is... Uh, when they put that effect on a spell, it's like sort of at a premium cost. Yeah, it's like it's, three to five mana. Yeah. Um, but untapping your creatures tends to come at a really cheap rate. It's like one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one green. So when all your creatures are lands, you can net a ton of mana off of like mobilize, vitalize, benefactors drop, which also uh, draws you a card. Great Oak Guardian, which pumps your guys. It's, it's basically free if you have enough creatures out just yeah. this free overrun yeah great oak guardian 2 is really good with the aforementioned quarian ranger and scrib ranger yeah because uh, you can like tap out play your great oak guardian untap all your guys bounce your great oak guardian play your great oak guardian like just your board is huge out of nowhere so. yeah unfortunately you can only bounce them one per one turn. time yeah. yeah yeah but just like getting plus four plus four and adding x mana to your mana pool yeah. seems pretty good very good um so yeah, definitely a lot more. I'm honestly like at first when I saw this, I was like, oh, it's mono green. And now I'm like kind of relieved it's mono green. I feel like this would be like incredibly oppressive if it was any other color yeah. added onto this. No, white. Oh, that's super messed up. Yeah. Uh, Blue also pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, I mean, white has the mass destroy all non-land permanents. Blue has like bounce non-land permanents. Yeah. It's it. It's it's good that it is doing what it's doing. Also, like God, giving getting access to red and giving everything haste. Oh. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty messed up too. Yeah. So yeah, um, now we're getting into the spoiled uh, multicolor commanders. So this next one well, is. Well, sorry. Before we jump in, oh, yeah, into yeah. them, I just want to make a brief note. Um, they're in the set. We have not seen all of them, but there oh, appears yeah. to be a 10-card cycle of two-color legendaries aligned with the draft archetypes, and I love that. Oh, yeah. Um, they haven't really done this before. The closest thing we saw was in Akoria. We had um, five humans oh, yeah, yeah. that sort mm-hmm. of sort of matched up to the um, enemy color draft archetypes, mm-hmm. uh, but 
I am very happy that they're doing this. Uh, I've kind of been like wanting them to do this kind of thing for years just to make sure that all the draft archetypes, all the major draft archetypes have a legendary creature so that you can take your cards from the set from like from your FNM draft mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and immediately uh, just start building a deck because yeah. so many times over the years that has not been possible and it really has been disappointing. Oh, for sure. And we'll talk about that with this this next card. And I, I just agree with you. There's so much draft chaff that doesn't it didn't need to be this way yeah it didn't need to be this way but um yeah so i guess let's get into it this is linvala shield of seagate a three three flying angel wizard for one white blue so just three mana at the beginning of combat on your turn if you have a full party choose target non-land permanent and opponent controls until your next turn it can't attack or block and its activated abilities can't be activated uh, she also has Sacrifice Linvala, choose Hexproof or Indestructible. Creatures you control gain that ability until end of turn. So a 3-3 flyer for 3 gives you this weird detain benefit on combat, and you can sack her to protect your board. So how do you feel about Linvala? Uh, so I like that the power isn't really concentrated in the party thing yes me too <laughs> um because i think that's hard to pull off and i i'm okay with it being like a minor reward but it's it's such a deck building restri- such a strong deck building restriction it that really i don't I, I don't want to have to do that yeah. and, and i really and fortunately i really don't with mm-hmm. limbala um because i really like selfless spirit and i think that having selfless spirit as a commander gives me a lot to do yes yeah exactly so the it's also really, really convenient that she has three converted mana costs because there's a bunch of white cards that allow you to reanimate cheap creatures. So you can just use like Sun Titan or Teshar or, or Order of White Clay or Bishop of Rebirth or Custody, whatever, Soul Caller, I think. Yeah, Custody Soul Callers. Um, to just recur her every single turn and you can use her like not only to protect your guys from board wipes, but you can also um, use them to break the symmetry on your own board wipes and just proactively do that. And then, oops, Wrath of God, all your stuff is gone. Mine remains. How convenient. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who'd have, who'd have thought? Yeah. So uh, I, I think this is a, a cool commander. Um, I, I like her. I, I think she's well-designed. Yeah, I actually am a fan of when they realized that they... Um, kind of throw back to old mechanics without naming them. So like detaining an opponent's permanent as a reward for this, like is just enough value on a three mana creature that like you feel like you're kind of doing something, but isn't oppressive. But kind of like you said, like I don't know how often that's going to happen and I'm not really going to be building super into that part of the ability necessarily. Cause it's just, I, I feel like, uh, just detaining one permanent a turn is not really worth the effort. Yeah. You know? Like for these, I'm okay with commanders having these kind these kinds of abilities that um, are more offensive and don't like, like you can't really, you can build around, you can build your deck in such a way that you're more likely to trigger this, but detaining something isn't something you, isn't something you can really build around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the one thing about that ability is that I do think it's, it's interesting from like a deck building perspective where like I'm not necessarily going to really push building around it, but I might, if I have a choice between 
one card and one card that's a cleric and they're like marginal i might run the cleric or something like i that that's kind of like where i sit with this card um i feel like that first ability is going to be like a tiebreaker more than anything Mm -hmm. but we got so uh the next card we're going to be talking about is uh it aligns to the blue black draft archetype which is like sort of rogue tribal and sort of like reverse threshold where it cares about the number of uh, cards in your opponent's graveyard. So Zareth San is three blue-black for a 4-4 legendary creature Merfolk Rogue. It has flash and you can pay two blue-black and return an unblocked attacking rogue you control to its owner's hand to put Zareth onto the battlefield tapped and attacking from your hand. Also, when Zareth deals combat damage to a player, you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control so this card does not appear to be designed for commander anything that requires your commander to be in your hand is probably not a commander card and um so i i can't really advocate for this guy as like a rogue tribal commander because you will just (laughs) basically never be using that activated ability in commander yeah it's just not like I, i really can't imagine many scenarios where that comes up often like it has to die and then you're like raise dead it or like you would or, bounce it to your hand but like why would you ever want to do that? yeah why would you so this this reminds me a lot more of like ink eyes or like how ink eyes is going to play in commander than uh like yuriko tiger's claw then say yuriko yeah exactly because yuriko specifically says like commander ninjutsu on yeah it. so this guy is is mostly for limited yeah uh and just if you were to build around the him as a commander anyway it just you would probably run a lot of counter spells and spot removal ways to get cards into your opponent's graveyard some of the efficient mill cards i could definitely see running mesmeric orb in this deck for example um but yeah not a very exciting commander imo yeah i i I really i really hope that one day we see a rogue tribal commander that's that's kind of what i was hoping to get out of this set Mm -hmm. honestly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe one day we will maybe one day so do you want to get into the next guy sure uh the next guy is zagras thief of heartbeats four black red for a four four legendary creature vampire rogue it costs one less to cast for each creature in your party it has flying death touch and haste other creatures you control have death touch and whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. So you guys kind of get uh, double death touch there. Yeah. Uh, the cool type of death touch uh, in- introduced on Frasca mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. on Hooded Blightfang. That's pretty sweet. So uh, I think this got, well, okay. First off, you're going to run pingers. Yeah. That's, that's happening. That's, that's the first. When your pinger is a kill spell that you can use multiple times yeah when, when it's great when all your guys are visara the dreadfuls except like half as much mana that's pretty cool that's great that's wonderful that's chef's kiss we love it yeah i'm gonna like briefly i mean there's a, a billion of these guys so i'm just gonna t- touch on the ones that are like wow really really sick as opposed to just i i have a prodigal pyromancer yeah um okay so one that seems pretty awesome is, of course, Deathbringer Thoktar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's four black red for a 3-3 zombie beast. Whenever another creature dies, you may put a plus plus one counter on it, and you can remove a plus plus one con- counter from it to deal one damage to target creature or player. So as long as one creature dies and it gets one counter, 
then you remove that counter, kill something, get another counter, machine gun all your opponent's creatures. Yeah, it's great. I, I've been a huge fan of Deathbringer Thoctar for a long time. Yeah. Uh, another cool card, Endbringer, 5C, so 6 mana total, requires a single colorless mana. It's a 5-5 Eldrazi. It, you can untap it during each other player's untap step, and you can tap it to deal one damage to any target. Uh, it, you can also like pay C and tap it, target creature can't attack or block this turn, and pay CC and tap it to draw a card. So not quite as good as Deathbringer Thoktar, but if there's a four-player game, you're killing four things per round of turns. Yeah, pretty good for six mana. Fire Ants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, two and a red for a 2-1 insect tap fire ants deals one damage to each other creature without flying so it won't kill itself and it won't kill zagris because he flies so it'll just kill all the other stuff on the board when you activate it that's so great uh just just a few more uh goblin sharpshooter two and a red for a one one goblin it doesn't untap during your untap step whenever a creature dies untap it tap deals one damage to any target so boom kill something untap it keep going sweet uh let's see and the last two things i wanted to talk about well okay three things there's a lot of good good stuff yeah um ronin cliff rider three red red for a two two human samurai it's got bushido one and when it attacks you may have it deal one damage to each creature defending player controls so boom your entire board is gone uh scalding salamander two and a red for a two one i'm guessing lizard yeah (laughs) uh when it attacks it deals one damage to each creature without flying defending player controls okay uh, okay just two more just two more yeah go for it uh subterranean spirit three red red for a three three elemental it has protection from red and it taps to deal one damage to each creature without flying so similarly to the fire ants it won't kill itself thanks to pro red it won't kill Zareth because he because he flies but it will kill everything else when you activate it and some red john bolton art yeah uh, and finally, uh, Wojek Ember Mage is three and a red for a one-two human wizard. It has radiance, uh, which means you can tap it, and it deals one damage to target creature and each other creature that shares a color with it. So as long as you're not choosing black or red creature, uh, you can just annihilate uh, one color. Yeah, but you didn't think you'd see a radiance card again. Yeah, yeah, the, it, that mechanic was uh, pretty underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in addition to all these sweet pingers, uh, I'd put in um, I'd put in some other things that can grant death touch. So for example, like some of the death touch equipment, death pits of wrath, uh, retreat to Hagra. Those are all useful just because your commander like does cost six mana, and you don't want to be just completely out of the game if somebody has one counter spell for it. Um, I also put in a bunch of. Uh, like sort of playing out of your opponent's graveyard type stuff. I think that because you're so good at killing stuff, but all of your creatures are, are pretty flippin' terrible, it's probably a good idea to make use of all of your opponent's creatures that are finding their way to the graveyard. Um, yeah, it's so uh, we've got a sample list posted. You can check it out in the episode description. But let us know how you're building Zagoras. That's That's just one direction that made sense but uh curious what you all are doing with this new commander uh, all right so this next guy is i guess like a, a tribute band it's like a, a i don't even know what to say it's it's a kind of a reference to avengers and but legendary this is phylath world sculptor 
That's right, right? Mm-hmm. Phyleth? Okay. So Phyleth World Sculptor is a 5-5 five, five elemental for 4 red-green, so a 6-CMC 5-5 five, five elemental. When Phyleth enters the battlefield, create a 0-1 green plant creature token for each basic land you control. That sounds familiar. And it also has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put four plus one plus one counters on target plant you control. So that might be a little little different than you might uh, remember. Um, This is the Avenger to Zendikar or Avenger of Zendikar throwback card, except it's legendary. So you can build around it. It's ETB is incredible. Um, It's landfall is whatever. Uh, I feel like they couldn't have made the landfall trigger too good but honestly it's still like getting four fours or like an eight eight out of nowhere like oh still still fine mm-hmm. um omnath locus of rage which was uh previously one of the better landfall commanders of the past uh made five fives on a landfall trigger and this is basically like pretty close to that mm-hmm. so uh, and it costs less and it gives you blockers slash attackers um it's there's just like the the deck kind of like builds itself honestly it's a lot of the green things that care about lands it's a lot of ramp uh you run things like shared animosity so your plants can uh get a huge buff when they attack uh you run things like beastmaster ascension which uh just incredible card so you're attacking with like let's say seven zero ones and then all of a sudden they're five sixes uh out of nowhere crazy good um there's there's just so many cards that fit into the red green landfall deck. And I'm glad that they have a commander. That's not like seven mana. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you can actually start doing stuff uh, before that. Well, Uh, also it's like it's seven mana and then you have to do things after that. Like with this guy, you cast him once you get the army yeah, and then you can go from there. Yeah. And then you can kind of like, even if you don't get it, the landfall trigger on this guy, like that's chill. You're, yeah, you're, you're good. You you have those things like shared animosity, beastmaster ascension, yeah. like crater huff. You you can make use yeah. of those guys. Yeah, getting six plus bodies, you'll you'll be fine. You'll, it's it's good. It'll work out for you. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next. I don't even want to call this commander. The next <laughs> legendary creature. Uh, this is Yasharn, implacable, implacable, Implac- implacable. I think implacable earth. Two green-white for a legendary creature elemental boar. It's a 4-4. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic forest and a basic plains. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. Players can't pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. So I believe that was... Was that first on... Uh, oh, Angel of Jubilation. Yeah, Angel of Jubilation. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't want to like... I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. Why don't you tell me your thoughts first? Yeah, I I just don't understand. Like, who is this for? Like, who is like, I want to hit my land drops and I want no fun to happen. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a 4-4 for 4. It does get you two lands. You can't really build around it. That's it. That's it. You could flicker it. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I don't. I don't. I, know I mean, what you do. I mean, I think this is like the downside of the model where they make a legendary creature to align with each of the set's draft archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had to make some kind of white green legendary creature, and they didn't know exactly what to do. So you get Yasharn. You get this guy. I yeah. mean, and, and honestly, that's 
fine if yeah i agree like you know if they can't find something that fits with the set's themes or they're not inspired and then that's oh yeah Uh, yeah if one of these 10 commanders is not playable that's still a pretty good hit rate that's better than we've had for most years of magics well there is Zareth too but (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) but i I, yeah as long as like all of the draft archetypes are hit i'm okay with like extraneous commanders beyond that no exactly i feel that um which kind of gets us to the next one that we're both super excited about this is aura skyclave hierophant uh, a 3-3 lifelink core cleric for two white black Whenever Aura, Skycleave, Hierophant, or another cleric you control dies, return target cleric card with lesser converted mana cost from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, I love Scrap Trawler. I loved Soul Shift, and I love this guy. Yeah, this uh, this guy is sweet as heck. I am a hundred percent building this deck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's just so many awesome clerics from over the years, and a lot of them that like aren't normally that great but if they're pretty much free to recur as many times as you want they're really really sick yeah like for example children of corliss single white mana for a one one you can sacrifice it to gain life equal to the life you've lost this turn Mm -hmm. so if you're doing that a a whole lot if you're doing that very many times it becomes you're hard to kill yeah it's pretty good i i really love children of corliss a lot you there's also more tech because it just counts the life you've lost period so like if you lose more life and then get back children of Coralis, you actually start netting oh yeah life it's great it's wonderful that's sweet so like sack it once sack and then like sack a two cmc commander just or two cmc cleric to something else get it back mm-hmm. and wow. then now like double your life total yeah um pretty cool there, there's so many of these really cool clerics in this list and they've kind of just needed a home for a long time so i'm really really happy that uh they have one basically yeah the deck is is pretty easy to build just you know do a scryfall search for clerics and then throw in some good sacrifice outlets and you're probably going to have a good time mm-hmm. yeah i'm also just amazed at like how many clerics actually had good sacrifice triggers like selfless spirit is a spirit cleric uh remorseful cleric is uh a spirit cleric like these just like have good sacrifice triggers on their own like selfless spirit sacrifice to keep your board around like that cool i'm gonna do that anyway and then get back your like your mother of runes or something like that hell yeah like love that <laughs> like that, that's great it just kind of feeds into itself yeah i i was really surprised at how much synergy there was among all these different cards there are clerics that like to be sacrificed Mm -hmm. uh there's clerics with death trigger or like that trigger off of other clerics dying there's a bunch of sack outlet clerics Mm -hmm. there's the synergy is just off the charts here yeah it's it's really cool this deck looks like a blast so really excited that uh white black clerics has a has a a champion now has a it's main man oh man speaking of the i guess on the opposite note <laughs> yeah this is a uh, kaza royal chaser a one two human wizard for blue red so just two mana uh they have flying in haste they have tap the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs x less to cast where x is the number of wizards you control as this ability resolves um always really funny when they have to say that when this ability resolves oh yeah um 
I that and stack are some rare words yeah, for you sure. Just, you just don't really see them outside of like split second. So, oh man, they keep trying to make like a wizard instant and sorcery commander. They did this with like Adelie's the Cinderwind. Mm-hmm. Adelie's was a an uncommon. It was for like a draft archetype. So like I kind of can forgive Adelie's for not being the most powerful. Uh, and it's still fun. It's still like a weird kind of Voltroni commander like damage list. Um, this though, like I don't really. There's just in order to combo with Kaza, you need a bunch of wizards on the battlefield. You need like an untap outlet uh, or an untap engine, and then you need spells, probably reiterator stuff. Like it seems like you're just better off reiterating and then casting mana geyser. Yeah, and or like like or casting mana geyser two turns earlier and reiterate like it doesn't seem like a particularly inspired list or combo list or anything like that and we really don't have a lot of good wizard token production so it's not like you're getting a huge like benefit off of the wizard tribal aspect of this card yeah so you have to commit a lot of real magic cards to the board yeah yeah and like maybe like strixhaven well i guess maybe we'll talk about some of that stuff well, that'll be a bonus episode oh, okay yeah so there, there's stuff in the future that's hinting that we might get more wizards and stuff i don't know if that's going to push this card over the edge I, I doubt it but um yeah if you have some cool tech you found for kaza let us know and we'll we'll shout it out because i'm pretty uh not feeling this guy yeah so. i i'm on the same page like that we've already had cost reduction in a much better form on Mizix of the Ismagnus. Yeah, exactly. So this doesn't add anything, but uh, that's okay. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of banger wizard tribal commanders over the year. We've had some good spell slinger commanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there, there are also a lot of new archetypes being created with the legends in this set. So yeah, whatever. Kaza doesn't have to be a hit. Yeah, could have been worse. Yep. Next commander is a, a big boy. So this is Omnath Locus of Creation. Uh, red, green, white, blue. So four mana for a 4-4 four, four elemental. Omnath has, uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. And then landfall. And this is like, I think the most complicated landfall trigger, period. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't love... Well, uh, we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah. So it has landfall. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, gain four life. If this is the first time this ability has been resolved. If it's the second time, add red, green, white, blue. If it's the third time, Omnath deals four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. And then that's it. So you don't get anything any more than that. Yeah. You got to wait a turn uh, or you got to pass. So there are ways to build around this. There are definitely tech, but well, do you want to kind of get into get into all that? Well, we could just talk about the design in general for a second. Yeah. Which, okay, I get why they did this because there are some infinite landfall combos or there are just like cards out there that will generate an enormous amount of landfall triggers like Scapeshift or like Boundless Realms. So I get why they yeah. they might have wanted to limit this the number of landfall triggers you can get with this commander because you're just, you know... Four color is powerful and landfall can be very powerful. And it's it's so easy to do when you have green X, you can just gear landfall in as much as you want, basically. Yeah. So I can see why they didn't want to like put their, their choice was either like 
don't put any ability that could possibly be used as a win condition or put this kind of restriction on there. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is the lesser of the two evils. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Better this than something completely boring. Yeah. Um, and there are, and like some of those like infinite landfall combos, you can just spread it out over multiple turns. So rather than just, I'm going to deal four to you guys a thousand times in, in like an unrestricted version of the card, you can just like, okay, I'll get the three triggers on my turn and deal four to you, pass. And then on your turn, I'll get the three triggers and then blah, blah, blah. So I'm dealing 16 in a round of turns. Just, you know, that'll approach a victory. Yep, yep. On top of that, like, you did draw a card, and there's also just a lot more angles to kind of build off of with this guy, too. And you're just in four color, so, like, you... Yes, you're going to be playing with things that involve lands, but you also can just be playing with with anything. That's the problem with four color is that you can just put whatever you want in your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with this guy. I feel like um, the Omnath edition of colors has felt pretty organic, even if the last two I haven't been super excited about. Um, this could have been worse. I'm honestly happy it's not that crazy. I would have hated to just have another four color banger value commander in the format Mm -hmm. that would have sucked honestly a lot more than this guy does so like even though i'm not super excited to build around this guy like he's fun he's fair okay and and just to briefly explain that infinite landfall combo um yeah yeah. so retreat to coral helm is two and a blue for an enchantment uh whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you can choose one you can scry one or you can tap or untap target creature so if you combine that with a bounce land, which is any land that when it enters the battlefield, you can return itself to its owner's hand. Um, I guess also Oboro, Palace in the Clouds would work in this case. You can combine those two pieces with any creature that taps to let you drop a land from your hand onto the battlefield. So you activate the creature, you drop in the bounce land. Uh, the bounce land triggers the Coral Helm, you untap the creature, and the bounce land returns to it, its hand. Or, or your hand. So you, and all that serves to put you back where you started, but any landfall triggers you might have uh, in addition to the, the Retreat to Coral Helm trigger. Mm-hmm. So with Omnath, you just boom, 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 gain a bunch of life, deal a bunch of damage, add some mana. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff like, did you mention the Angelic Accord? I did not. Yeah, there is some stuff. So like Angelic Accord and his enchantment at the end of your turn, if you gain four or more life. At the end of each turn. Oh, yeah, there you go. I did not realize that. At the end of each turn, if you gain four or more life, you get a 4-4 flying angel. Um, so like there's stuff like that. So really, even if you're just hitting a land drop a turn, which is not hard to do in a four color deck, like you you can create uh, an army pretty easily while padding your life total. There's some other life gain rewards that you can build around being that that is the easiest trigger to kind of farm off of this guy mm-hmm. so um yeah again i would just run the bounce lands i would run some some of these combos because like uh kind of like nick said it's kind of better not even though it is infinite it's kind of better to just like play out the first three every turn let your value accrue kind of squeeze everyone out of the game with pure card value as opposed to just like one like deterministic all right i win yeah it's it's definitely more fun to like have to 
build up some engines than to be like I cast Omnath for like and then yeah. I cast my scape shift and then and then I win yeah. yeah yeah that's not as much fun so yep there you go I, I don't know when we're gonna see the five color Omnath uh, I think it's almost guaranteed mm-hmm. at this point there's like a 99% chance that we're gonna see a five color Omnath yeah um, I don't know when but at some point I'm uh, like you I am happy that we've had this organic progression I don't mind four color commanders when it feels right yeah and they did go out of their way to make it sure that there is a component for each of those colors. Yeah. Like the the blue draws a card, the white gains life, the green adds mana, the red deals damage. It's it's natural. Uh, mm-hmm. And it only took uh, 11 years. Yeah, it took a while. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what the, the five color one does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I do. And I... I might both of us I think kind of harp on four color cards but I think if they're done well and honestly I would say Omnath is done pretty well mm-hmm. uh, then I'm fine with it that's cool okay so this is the last commander we have currently uh, this is Tazri Beacon of Unity four and a white for a four six human warrior this spell costs one generic less to cast for each creature in your party uh, then has the ability um, so it's two brid uh, okay, so two brid is like two generic or a color. It's two brid blue, two brid black, two brid red, two brid green. Uh, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard, and or ally cards from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Um, so Nick, what do you feel? How do you feel about this guy? There's uh, okay. There's a many things to discuss on this card oh god yeah uh let me start by saying like okay it's cool that they are at creating commanders that uh line up to all the sets mechanics great yeah that's wonderful and and actually there's oh okay after we get into this i'll I'll talk about something else yeah yeah um so that's cool but i don't think they did a good job here yeah uh i think that you have to do if you really want to incentivize the party mechanic, there's a better way to do it than requiring players to pay like four plus mana to draw two cards. I, I mean, God. So, so like, there's a better way to incentivize party. I they might what they might have been doing is like, I, I they want to avoid mistakes like Niv Mizzet Reborn, where mm-hmm. they like create a five color commander. Uh, to enable a five color like mechanic or, or just like, so that's a, it's an option in brawl and then whoops, it's the best deck in the format. Oh, oh, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe they were intentionally like, okay, you have something to do. You have an appropriate commander if you're trying to do this thing, but we are like really putting the, the safety valves on this thing. And I can understand if that's what they were doing. Um, but wow, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to be fair, or not to be fair, to get into it, uh, the mana reduction, you need four creatures on the battlefield. So even if they're four changelings, or if you actually did go the fair route and go like, Weathered Wayfair is my cleric, uh, like something is my wizard, something is my rogue, like all the way up to your warrior, and then you drop Tazri, you still had to put four cards down. You're not getting like a huge tempo advantage because like unless you could unless you just had a whole bunch of one drops and we're like one drop one drop one drop 
one drop Tazri on turn three. Like you're not really cheating out a four six at any timely manner. So the first off, like that, that's that feels bad. Yeah, that, that, that's nothing. That sucks. It doesn't mean anything. And then like getting two random creature types that I mean, like that the the look at the top six, like you're probably not going to whiff. You're probably going to get one card some of the times. Uh, you might whiff depending on how you built your deck, but uh, it's hitting multiple uh, creature types and what like let's, it's just let's, not good. Okay, I'm gonna do some like physics style assumptions yeah. here. Yeah, as I because we we can like calculate it if we're willing to to squint a little bit. Yeah, well, and also just as you do that, like yes, you might draw two cards, but like the quality of those cards because you have to dive into such a specific pool. Uh, I'm hesitant about. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not. Um, uh, it's not gonna yield what you want it to. Okay, so let's say, God, this is not gonna be pretty. Um, <laughs> so let, let's say that all of your creatures are changelings. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is not good. Okay, so assuming all of your creatures are changelings, uh, and so no matter what any creature you hit is going to be um is going to meet the criteria if you want to have a 90 percent chance of hitting two creatures off of this activation you need to be running 50 hits in your Ooh, 99 card deck that's pretty fun uh so that's your deck is not going to be good yeah that's a lot if you do that yeah i mean they're have been incidentally good warriors and clerics and rogues over the years, but like not that many. Yeah. And of course, if you hit double wizard that you get one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, this is with the most generous assumption. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That sucks. Yeah. That's just, really bad. It's just like not, I was unhappy yeah. with like the rate of the activation, but just to know that you're not even, you're not even going to hit two cards. Yeah. Most of the time, if you build your deck work. good, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really disappointed with that. Yeah, so whatever. It's it's uh yeah, whatever. That's that's all I have to say about this. Okay. I'll I'll say there's like two other points I want to make. One is pretty interesting that they're mentioning ally, but I to mm-hmm. date we have not seen any allies. Yeah, I I I think that's just a throwback to Tazri's other card. Yeah, yeah, but I I mean, I understand that like they they they're she she has a mechanical through line of caring about allies. Yeah, but but at the same time, I I was hoping we would see more allies or just ally tacked on to more cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some. Uh, there's a cleric in the set that I don't think we're gonna talk about. Uh, that it could have just been an ally. It, mm-hmm. It's a one one for two. Could have been an ally. Doesn't yeah. Do much. Like there's just like a bunch of instances where like things could have been allies and it wouldn't have changed limited. Yeah. And it only would have benefited people's decks that already exist so i'm i'm okay with that because like ally as a mechanic as a creature type was like kind of meaningless yeah and and this is a lot more flavorful and there's a lot like ally tribal doesn't mean anything because every ally kind of does something different yeah (laughs) um whereas if you get if you drill down to like okay rogues rogues have a very specific uh mechanical style like you know if one were to hypothetically design a rogue tribal commander it would be not that difficult because like rogues okay they tend to be cheap they tend to be evasive 
So maybe something that triggers off of rogues dealing combat damage. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see that one day. Um, or like <laughs> clerics, they they mess around with the graveyard a lot. There's a lot of like the white ones sacrificing themselves to benefit others, and the black ones sacrificing others to benefit themselves. <laughs> uh, there's you know there's a lot to build onto, but like with allies, there wasn't. No. I mean, I guess they're all entering the battlefield a lot. We could play with that. But um, <laughs> what, what do creatures do? Well, they enter the battlefield. Yeah. So narrowing, like kind of jettisoning ally in favor of something more flavorful and more mechanically meaningful. That's cool. Um, but the, the nod is nice. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm glad Taz. I thought Tazri died because Tazri was getting like obliterated on the tail's end spell. So I'm kind of wondering if that was just like a fun. I think that was cool just a. De- I think that was just a depiction of like, uh, Ulamog sending her through that like eldritch ten thousand oh, yeah. year experience, and then like, whoop, you're back in your body. <laughs> well, now you're back, and Seagate's built. Uh, spoiler alert for the story. If you if you like the story, Seagate's it's back. it's a very good story. You should re- you should seek that out if Actually, you have not read yeah, it. Yeah, very excited. About if that. you if you like eldritch horror, it's great. Yep. Um, so, okay. That's it for the commanders. So, oh, oh, okay. There's one more thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that like ally is no longer being used on Zenikar means that like the ally decks that already existed, the previous Tazri is probably like never going to get another card ever again. Oh yeah. I mean, I can imagine in like, uh, like a horizons type set or like a commander set, they print an ally, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's it. That, that to my like my gut feeling is that you're right about that (laughs) yeah like like future zendikar sets will probably not have an ally component Mm -hmm. all right just so we mentioned earlier that it appears that there are uh 10 two color legends to align with the draft archetypes so just because we can we've sort of been able to figure out the draft archetypes so far we can actually predict what the remaining legends are going to do so there is appears to be a black green plus one plus one counter archetype so it'll be interesting to see that legendary creature like rayhan was not not awesome no she like kind of comboed kind of if you blade of cells her but like that that's not a deck a deck that does not make yeah you know? uh so that's going to be interesting to see um there is a red white warrior slash equipment sub theme and we've already seen new art spoiled for akiri yeah um so that's likely going to be one of the decks and then finally, the last draft archetype not represented is blue-green, which is um, the in draft, it's kicker matters. So I think that could be an interesting new archetype added yeah. to the format. Yeah, that one, I'm, I'm actually crossing my fingers because like blue-green is either like nothing or busted. And I'm just, it's so, they could just put it right in the middle. Just get it right in the middle. Yeah, if you're like so focused on kicker, like that's really going to limit your power and keep you from just being, you know, just good stuff in the best two colors just, in the format. Come on, come on, please, please, just just right there in the middle. Yep. Um. So, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, we also have the two commander decks that we will probably talk about the next time you hear from us. So, not many new cards in there, but there will be some new cards. So that's cool. And uh, I think now, with that said. We're getting into the main deck cards. Yeah, less than a third of the way through our our, <laughs> our show note <laughs> document. To be, to be fair, like commanders, there's a lot to talk about. So, yeah. Okay. Um, we'll try. We're we're gonna try to speed through these. We know yeah. that 
you all likely don't have a commute these days yeah, to so, spend on this podcast. All yeah, right. and also you could two times speed. And also these next, honestly, the next three cards, I don't have much to say. Yeah. Uh, so these are the Planeswalkers. And um, so the first one is Jace Mirror Mage. It is four loyalty Jace for one blue blue. Uh, Jace is the first Planeswalker with Kicker, Kicker 2. When Jace Mirror Mage enters the battlefield, if Jace was kicked, create a token that's a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary and its starting loyalty is 1. So if you kick it for 5, you get a 4 loyalty Jace that's legendary and a 1 loyalty Jace that's not legendary. It has plus 1, Scry 2, 0, draw a card, reveal it, remove a number of loyalty counters equal to the card CMC from Jace. So Jace is just card selection. This is so milk toast that I think that your opponents aren't even going to attack it a lot mm-hmm. of the time. If you kick it, like they'll be like, "Oh, how many blockers you got?" And you'll be like, "Well, I got a one four and a two two. And they'll be like, "Okay, I'll send my two two at your little Jace." And you'll be like, "Cool." That's how. It, that's like. Yeah. There's just there, this isn't busted. It's just cards. It's not even super efficient cool whatever yeah that's uh, it i like that both this and the next commander um use the set mechanics i think yes. that's a cool way to preserve planeswalker design space agreed um but yeah this is not a a really a commander card at all so yeah happy to move on yep um to the next planeswalker which is nissa of the shadowed bows a four loyalty nissa with to green black she's back and she is black now mm-hmm. um she has four loyalty and landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control put a loyalty counter on nissa of the shadowed bows plus one untapped target land you control you may have it become a three three elemental creature with haste and menace until end of turn it's still a land a minus five you may Put a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two plus one plus one counters on it. Um, so I was like, people have joked about like a landfall, like Planeswalker for a long time, like Cardsmith. There's so many landfall. <laughs> There's so many of them. And they're all obviously like ridiculously powered and stuff like that. This is so incredibly fair like this is like i don't care about this card at all like yeah okay yeah, this, is, this is beyond fair this, this is, is yeah. like turning the other cheek this is <laughs> you would put this in the deck that you play after you beat your opponents too badly in the previous game <laughs> just so that like they know that like oh okay like we don't have to worry about you yeah <laughs> this is an apology yeah um so yeah, she can get some huge loyalty. She has a plus and the landfall trigger, and especially in commander, you can trigger that so many times. You're gonna trigger that landfall so many times, and your reward, you get a guy that's reasonably sized. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. There's so many ways to like cheat things into play for way less than their mana cost uh, in commander. That doing this like super nerfed ultra fair version like. No. No. Yeah, it just doesn't I don't care. And and like I I'm gonna be real with you, like the play pattern's probably gonna be fun for people that do play with it. They're gonna be like, Wow, look at this, I like do this and I put the lands on it and then I get the guy back and blah blah blah. But like comparing that to what you actually could be doing, I think that's gonna be something that is important for uh deck builders to think about is like, okay, I just went through these seven steps 
to get my 4-4 with some extra plus one plus one counters on it into play or i could have reanimated sepulchral primordial like three times <laughs> like, yeah didn't like it's, isn't there like an uncommon in Akoria that's just like way way better than this um the one that gets two creatures with the counters no i'm thinking uh, the one that uh gets something back uh and makes it fight it's like a sorcery oh yeah yeah the green black it's like six mana get something back and it fights yeah 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 it was really good with the cyclers yeah 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 real strong um and i agree i would much rather just play that card you're like okay now my uh oh god it's an instant too oh (laughs) yeah no yeah my terracidon fights your guy and also blows up those three permanents okay yeah six mana at the end of your turn (laughs) so if you really really want to do reanimation I mean, God, you have so many better options. If if you want to even like limit it to the standard card pool, just play back for more. Yeah, <laughs> don't waste your time with Nizza. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, which leads us to the last Planeswalker, also four mana. This is Nahiri, heir of the Ancients, two red white for a four loyalty Planeswalker. Plus one, create a one one white core warrior creature token. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Minus two. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom in a random order. And minus three. Nahiri, heir of the ancients, deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipment you control. Um, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care at all. <laughs> I, I think there are decks in this format that care about equipment. There are decks in this format that care about warriors. And none of them want this slow card advantage engine yeah the only deck i could think of that i might put this in is like jorkadine and i would probably cut it honestly that's like i was trying to find all the like beep, boop, 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 like find the overlap like where where does nahiri go where did i put this and there's like basically none of them because yeah even though she like works with the themes in that deck she's still a planeswalker she's not an artifact so she doesn't count for his mental craft she's not a creature she's so not, she doesn't get buffed she's not a creature so she doesn't get buffed it's like oh god it, it, again it's that kind of thing where like the play pattern will be fun as you're playing it but then you're gonna look back and be like well, I played a four mana Planeswalker and then I plus one to her and then I minus two to her. And then when you could have just been like, I uh, opened the armory, my cool equipment and put it on Jorkadine. Now my guys have Metalcraft and I kill you. Like, yeah. Like it's so much. Or just like I play a uh, release the the dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like now they're all four. I paid four mana and got 16 power. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, all right. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, so those are the planeswalkers as you can hear we're not super excited about them um and honestly i'm happy about that yeah i'm i'm not uh, i'm i'm cool with having not commander level playable planeswalkers yeah that's fine um do you want to get into main deck cards Uh, yes i do heck yeah um so this is angel of destiny this is this first one's kind of a banger. It's a two six flying double strike angel cleric for three white white. So five CMC. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. At the beginning of your end step, if you have at least fifteen life more than your starting life total, each player angel of destiny attacked this turn loses the game. Um, yeah, that's a cool line of text on a white card. Yeah. It's a lot of text on this white card. There's a lot of text on this white card, yeah. Uh, so the easy point of comparison is Felidar Sovereign. This is going to go into the same style of deck 
Uh, they both have the same weaknesses. If you don't have a way to like give the angel haste or like give the Felidar flash, then you just have to like play it and wait for your opponents to not kill it on each of their turns before you get to win. Yep. Um, or, or in the case of the angel before you get to kill one person at a time. Yeah. So I do want to say on that note, people were talking about blade of cells, um, does not work because blade of cells exiles the token at the end of combat. Uh, and the, the token would have to stick around cause it's per angel that dealt damage. So because the original angel would hit someone that, at the beginning here and step would trigger the last line of text on this guy but because those tokens aren't there and the token is the angel that dealt the damage it doesn't actually kill that person so i'm so sorry if you were gonna blade ourselves this guy uh, doesn't doesn't work like you want it to mm-hmm. all right uh yeah I, I, a verdict on this is is no it's a thumbs down from me yeah. I, I would just rather play felidar sovereign the the threshold is lower it requires less work it's uh and it has the same weaknesses. Yeah, I I uh, would say that Felidar Sovereign is stronger too. I've been trying to think of like a way to abuse that first like ability where you both gain life, uh, and like False Cure or like Tainted Remedy. Those are like the only things that I can think of. But in that case, like you're spending two cards to just <laughs> no. deal the same amount of oh, damage no. you would have dealt if no. you never played. The- <laughs> I mean, you, you gain life. Angel. Yeah, no, I've been trying to think about. Uh, it's it's a not a good path to go down, but I'm just trying to go down as many angles as okay, possible. All right. <laughs> the next card is Archon of Ameria. It's a 2-3 flyer. It's an Archon for 3, uh, 2 and a white. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. Non-basic lands your opponent's control. Enter the battlefield tapped. Uh, that's a lot of hate on one body. Yeah, this is a little guy with a lot of hate. Yeah. Uh, so this... I love it when there's easy point of comparisons. Yes. It makes our job... <laughs> so nice yeah uh so eidolon of rhetoric is two and a white for a one four enchantment creature um and it says players can't play more than one spell per turn so that's mostly the same card um and it sees play in almost five thousand decks on edh rec often in these um white prison style lists so i think this card is significantly better than that both because it, it's less vulnerable because it has one fewer card type. There's just fewer types of removal that'll kill it. Um, the body is better. It flies. It has more power. Uh, this this non-basic lands your opponent's control and the battlefield tapped. More, well, I, I've played like Thalia 2.0 in more decks than I should have. Yeah. Uh, but that line of text is really powerful. It, it will mm-hmm. eat up a ton of mana and tempo did from you, your opponents. Did you say how many decks she was in because she's in a surprising number how many is she in she's in thirteen thousand lists wow yeah so thalia heretic cathar like thalia 2.0 is played in a lot of lists yeah that's pretty sweet Mm -hmm. um i i think this card just going off of like the its predecessors i think it'll see play in a lot of white prison style decks Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um okay so we're getting to the first mythic land dual card dual-sided land card and uh this is amaria's call the front side is amaria's call it is a, a seven mana sorcery four white 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 create two four four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until your next turn 
Uh, you can also play it as its flip side, Emeria Shattered Skyclave, as a land. Uh, you may pay three life as it enters the battlefield. If you don't, it enters tapped, and it taps for a white. Uh, so all the mythics have this, like, enters tapped unless you pay three um, on the land side of it. And the front side of it is this, you get two angels, your guys are indestructible till in a turn um, for seven mana. Well, until your next turn. Oh, until your next, oh, it is next turn. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's a little better than I thought. That's a yeah. little bonus. Um, so how do you feel about this? Um, so, God. <laughs> Even if you don't like the spell half of these cards, like the fact that the downside is so low, the fact that it is... I mean, you know, we talk all the time about how great Bajuka Bog and like Scavenging Grounds is because they don't eat up slots in your deck. Like you're going to run lands no matter what. And that's kind of the case with these. Like, yeah, especially if your deck doesn't have heavy color requirements, if you're running like a mono white deck or like a two color deck with white in it, it's it's just really, really easy to cut a planes for a land that might not even have to enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Um. So given that the floor is so high it, it's almost like not worth talking about what the card itself does yeah and, and and this is fine like if there's been wrath there's a mind slicer you're playing that miserable game where someone reanimated a sire of insanity on turn two or three or something like that mm-hmm. and you top deck an Amaria's call with seven mana up you're just gonna slam it you're just gonna be like i got two angels now yep and if you draw it early you're like i can still cast my commander on curve yep that's it you did it yeah and so like just given how low the floor is it's almost pointless to evaluate it but yeah prevent giving your guys protection from board wipes for a turn is great it's a little unfortunate that it's like a sorcery rather than instant so like yeah you're really you're not going to prevent a board wipe you're just going to delay it yeah you're, you're not really gotcha-ing anyone yeah they, they are just going to be like okay i am going to i'll wait one turn to kill all your guys that's fine hopefully you can kill them before then but if not yeah two angels so it, it gives you board presence it buys you time and the fail case is still much better than most lands yes and uh which gets us to the uh next in it's an uncommon from this like dual faced cycle um this is kabira takedown so the front side is kabira takedown one white instant kabira takedown Deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker. The backside is Kabira Plateau. Enters tapped, taps for white. Um, so I think from now on, when I refer to these cards, or I'm just going to say what color they tap for. Yeah, uh, let's save some time. Yeah, or or I'll just say like that the back half is this color or something like that. Because, yeah, save a little bit of time. Um, how do you feel about this card? So I thought this was notable because... It's it represents an expansion of white's color pie. Um, it doesn't have the the creature you're dealing damage to doesn't have to be attacking or blocking. It also I think this is is this the first white card that deals damage directly to planeswalkers? Uh, I think so. I think maybe. Uh, or, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll fact research. check, but, or you can fact check, yeah, it and I'll, I'll, and I'll talk. talk. About it. Okay. Um. So white's color pie is expanding. That's very cool. There are plenty of white token decks that can reliably be dealing like four or five damage off of this. Um, so it is a, in that context, I mean, it is kind of win more because you already have to have a board presence, but it is a respectable removal spell when it is turned on. 
And of course, they can always just be land, which I'm going to be saying many, many times today. So I, I like that it is narrow in the sense that it has to be a deck that has a lot of creatures. Um, I think that you definitely won't play this in, in a deck with access to better spot removal. But in like a white-green deck and like a, a white-blue deck that has a lot of creatures for some reason... Um, mm. Yeah, that it's understandable to play this card over a land. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and you, you're correct. This is the first time White has directly dealt damage to a Planeswalker. There are cards that have redirect damage to Planeswalkers, mm-hmm. but that's not. Um, in that yeah. case, you're not the aggressor. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, interesting. Um. The next card is Core Blade Master. It is a one-one double strike. Uh, equipped warriors you control have double strike, and it costs one and a white. I. Consider maybe running this in Jorkadine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he Jorkadine is a warrior, so he will uh, get the double strike if you were to equip him. Um, the deck also naturally runs a lot of equipment because it's an easy way to get to, to get uh, metalcraft and aligns kind of with the aggressive strategy that you're having. His double strikers are just kind of good in the Jorkadine deck because it you get double value off of his buff. So I think that would make sense. It's not a huge upgrade over what you're currently running, but I'd put it in over like yeah. a Warren instigator. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, do where you're getting... Or like a fencing ace, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely better than fencing ace. Okay. Um next card. It's a uh land spell, Sajiri Shelter, one in a white, instant, target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Uh backside taps for white. Okay. Uh, so I was thinking like this might make sense in a feather list. Yeah, I agree. Um, feather really likes her one shot protection spells. And the thing is one awkward thing in feather is like you only need one version of any type of effect. So like once you draw the second protection spell, it, the first one becomes worthless. Yeah. So the fact that like you can keep returning this to your hand with feather and then as soon as you draw a second better cheaper protection spell it as a land. it's a it's my land drop for the turn boom yeah. so yeah. that's pretty cool yep totally agree do you want to read this next one it's pretty cool oh god yeah oh this guy's strong all yeah. right <laughs> uh one white white for a two two creature core spirit when it enters the battlefield exile or i guess i should say a name it's skyclave apparition when it enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-land, non-token permanent you don't control with converted mana cost X or less. When it leaves the battlefield, the exiled card's owner creates an XX blue illusion creature token where X is the converted mana cost of the card. So they never get it back. They never get it back. Never ever. It's gone forever. God, this is good. It's just so good. Um, it's goes in so many lists already like this is good in alesha this is good in brago this is good in pretty much any white x deck that gets guys back or onto the field or flicker stuff i I think it's It's broader than that yeah i would just play it in okay put it in your white decks period and then you get extra (laughs) value in all those commanders you just named yeah it's it's just so good like it is definitely just a staple i think period yeah like incredible there's so many things yeah buy as many as you can now because this is going to go up over yeah, time it gets their basalt monoliths it gets their soul rings it gets their actual good things it's a lot of really popular commanders nowadays it's going to hit most of the partners it's it's crazy it's so good yeah slots into as you mentioned slots into so many engines it's even like without even looking i feel like this is top five white 
creatures in Commander. Oh, yeah. I, I would say so, too. It's just so good. So okay. much value. All right. So we are in blue now. Yay. Um, this next card is... is oh, we'll talk about it. It's called Confounding Conundrum. It is one in a blue for an enchantment. When Confounding Conundrum enters the battlefield, draw a card. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control... If that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they controlled to their owner's hand. Um, I okay, so this is it really fits into this like category of cards that like look like like this could conceivably like ruin someone's game plan, ruin someone's day, but that doesn't happen very often. Uh, it doesn't shut off fetches as bad as people think because you just play the fetch on your turn and use it on the next player's turn. Yeah. Just be smart about it, everybody. Just fetch on someone else's turn like you're supposed to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and it, it kind of messes with ramp decks. If there aren't a lot of ramp decks in your pod, it's not really going to do much. But at the same time, like this is such an interesting hoser that it... I, I don't know. I... I think I'm going to test with it and see how often it comes up. That's kind of all I can do or like say about it. I I almost wish it was symmetrical because like in yeah. a set with landfall, bouncing your own lands a bunch of times is actually kind of sweet. Yeah, I feel that. So yeah, it's, it's kind of narrow. I, I know that it doesn't really like cost you a card because it replaces itself when it enters the battlefield, but it still costs you a deck slot and so I, I don't know about like randomly throwing this in, especially yeah. like if you're planning just to luck into it. I think that you're, <laughs> I think that like if there's ramp decks in your meta that will kill you if less, if left unmolested, then you mm. probably want to have like some enchantment tutors or like be playing Xur as your commander to really ensure that you see this in the games where you need it. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's like just narrow enough to like not come up when you need it most of the time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm sitting on it. Um, do you want to keep moving? Sure. Uh, the next card, going to go through this one real fast. Yeah. <laughs> Merfolk Windrobber. Single blue mana for a 1-1 one, one flyer. It's a creature Merfolk Rogue. When it deals combat damage to a player, that player mills a card. And you can sacrifice it to draw a card, but only if an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard. So you put this in Edric, you take out one of your flying men variants that don't uh, draw you do. a card. Yeah. Yep. Um if we see a cool rogue commander, this is good for that too. It's an evasive little donk. Yeah, when maybe know. like on the next return to Zendikar, <laughs> maybe like what? Uh, let's see. Maybe if we ever go back to Lorwyn, like return do some more job to. tribal there. More that would jobs. make sense. Yeah, yeah, more jobs. Okay. Uh, all right. Moving on to Seagate Restoration for blue, blue, blue for a sorcery. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. But this is a member of the mythic uh, modal land cycle. So the other side of it is a land. And when it enters the battlefield, you can pay three life. If you don't, it enters the battlefield tapped and taps for blue. How do you feel about this card? This is the most upsetting of the cycle. The other ones, if you top deck late game, cool, whatever. Or if you top deck them early, cool, it's a land. This one, if you top deck it early, cool to land. If you top deck it late game, it, it could be just worthless garbage. Yeah, yeah. Just 
utterly unplayable. Yeah, if you are in top deck mode, if you have no cards in hand, then you just spent seven mana to get like a spellbook emblem and to draw one card. Yeah, it's really, really bad in the the like negative scenario, like the worst case scenario, um, where the other ones are like fine. Yeah, the other ones are like, this is more mana than I should be paying, but I am still happy to see it instead of a land on the top of my deck. Yeah, exactly. I think this is good in the Moonfolk list in general, um, but I think it's really good in Uyo, Silent Prophet. And by really good, I mean like better than a basic land. Mm-hmm. Um, because Uyo, that's where this actually starts to get good. Because if you can muster up the nine mana to copy it, then you, let's say you draw two and then you draw four or something like that. So you spent nine mana to draw six. That's like bad, but not the worst. And it, on a good day, you're maybe you draw six and then you draw 12. Like, you know, like this, this, the one scenario where like the worst case scenario is mitigated by your commander. Um, and I really don't think it gets much better than that anywhere else. So that's, that's kind of the, the best place to play this. But again, it's like, these are fine in any deck, really any blue deck or primarily blue deck. You could put this in and it will probably draw you some cards or be a land like it's intended. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. That sounds good. Yep. So this next one is actually, it's a modal spell, a spell land. I actually like this one because it kind of builds into a strategy as opposed to just is good. Yeah. Um, This one, oh man, it's in a different language. It's visions. I think Salundi's vision. I think it's in Spanish. But it is a three mana instant, uh, two and a blue. Uh, look at the top six cards of your library and then put an instant or sorcery from among them in your hand and the best on the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then the backside enters tapped and taps for blue. This is good in like, I would say like Talrand or like Mizzix lists, you know, like just like lists where you're trying to get spells, mm-hmm. use spells. That's it. Yeah. If you have 31 uh, instants or sorceries in your deck, then it's got a 90 plus, well, a 90.2% hit rate. So I think that's probably the threshold. I would not, well, I I don't want to run this card if you've got a a decent chance of whiffing. Yeah. There's nearly not a reason to just put this in every blue deck. Yeah. Unlike this next card. (laughs) This is great. I love this guy. Uh, so this is Thieving Skydiver. It's one in the blue for a 2-1 creature Merfolk Rogue. It has kicker X. X can't be zero. Flying. When it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with converted mana cost X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. So uh, w- for what value do you think this will most often be kicked? Uh, I would say one mm-hmm. is my guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess that this is going to steal so many soul rings, just an in- incredible amount of soul rings. And uh, that's great. You pay three, get a two, one flyer and two mana. Heck yeah. And, and it's notable that if this dies, you keep the soul ring, which is great. Uh, or whatever you steal, if you pump more mana into it, like let's say someone's got like some weird, like, engine going or like someone played their nibs disc and you're like oh i want that news i want to be able to pop that off then you're you're good to go with this card it's amazing it's great so i i I don't think this goes in every deck i think that um 
like an easy point of comparison is Archmage's Charm uh, from Modern Horizons. So Archmage's Charm is blue, blue, blue for an instant. You can choose one to counter target spell, target player draws two cards, or gain control of target non-land permanent with converted mana cost one or less. That's currently like the free option for stealing soul rings because one of the modes is like universally useful. So there's there's like little downside to running this. Whereas this card, if you don't run into artifacts, the fail case is not great. Yeah, it's just a two one flyer. So I would I would look into running this card uh, in places where like just having a two cost two one Merfolk Rogue body is is not the worst is not terrible. So I'd look to play this in decks that care about the fact that it's just a two one uh, flyer for two. That's a Merfolk Rogue. So I'm thinking like potentially merfolk tribal decks like kumena tyrant or Varazka, and then if they ever get around to printing a rogue tribal commander i would probably slam it in there yeah i i agree with that i think i'm just excited to steal some soul rings yeah <laughs> um this next card is uh kind of an interesting member to the wizard club this is wind white wind wider mm-hmm. this is wind rider wizard a 2-2 flyer for two and a blue Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. Um, so they, I kind of mentioned this with like Kaza above, uh, where they keep trying to make like wizards slash instant sorcery work, and it's like kind of awkward all the time. This is honestly like the best execution, yeah, of this so far. So I'm I'm happy to see this guy. Yeah, I would happily run this in like. You know, in an Ala list or perhaps a, um, perhaps an Azami list, just any of those, because wizards naturally, because so many of them synergize with spells, they tend to run a lot of spells in their decks. This fits pretty easily into any deck. Or honestly, like, I might even just run this in, like, Mizzix. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's fine. Because it's like, it loots, it turns all your other instances and sorceries into also loot, which is, that's pretty big value. So I'm I'm happy with this in a wizard tribal list. I'm happy with this in a spell tribal list, if you want to call it that, like dispels. That's it's cool. I I like it. All right, good card. Put it in your decks. Yep. All right. Uh moving on to the black cards. We'll start with Coveted Prize. This is four and a black for a sorcery. The spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. You can search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. If you have a full party, you may cast a spell with converted mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. I mean, do you think this is going to work? I don't think this is going to work. I think this is just going to sit in your closet forever. Like, you need four creatures, you need a full party, uh, and not even just for the the, um, cost reduction to get the free spell off of it. Like, getting a free spell off of this, like, tutoring for something and then playing it for free, like, amazing. But, mm-hmm. like, is that going to happen ever? I don't think so. And, like, I think one of my problems, too, about the party mechanic is, like, Tazri, who's supposed to, like, work for the as, like, the party commander, five-color party, like, mm-hmm. let's, let's get it going, like, just rolls over all of these cards that are, like, the rewards for playing your party creatures, like you assemble a party and then you can't get any of the actual rewards for assembling a party in that list. Cause like coveted prize goes to the bottom of your library in a yeah. random order. And I, yeah, I just think this is too difficult to do effectively. 
Yeah, the only... So, okay. The fact that it's black means you can't run it in the Linvala party deck. Yeah. You can only run it, like you said, you can only run it in Tazri, and it's not going to be great there because, yeah. you know, if you're trying to hit with... If you're trying to hit both guys off Tazri, you have 10 non-land yeah. slots in your deck, and Coveted Prize is not going to be one of them. No, it does not have a creature type, in fact. The only place I could possibly think to run it would be if you were running a deck with just all changelings yeah <laughs> and, and there are some lists like that if you're going for changeling tribal you could realistically hit this mm-hmm. but in that case is it like significantly better than a demonic tutor i, d- I don't know yeah i don't know it doesn't seem like like well, it depends on what four cmc or less permanent you're getting i guess if you're like comboing well also like even if you're just running a bunch of changelings like getting four out on the battlefield like casting four individual crappy changelings and then casting this yeah but like compared to say liliana's contract where if you meet that threshold you win the game yeah (laughs) there's mm, i I don't know it is good yeah definitely yeah so I'm, i'm not expecting to see this very often uh moving on to the next card this is this was very easy to evaluate uh demon's disciple Two and a black for a 3-1 creature human cleric. When it enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Uh, does this remind you of anything? Yeah. Um, so, Play Crafter sees play in 22.4 thousand decks on EDH rec. Fleshbag Marauder sees play in 19.5 thousand decks on EDH rec. Merciless Executioner sees play in 10.7 thousand decks on edh rec um so my guess is if you want a three one or a three powered three mana dude that sacks everyone sacks on etb you you got another one yeah here it is there he is so he's a cleric uh, yeah it's a cleric for your aura cleric tribal decks um the fact i mean there's pluses and minus versus like uh Ha- like having this line of text sacrifices a creature or planeswalker versus just sacrificing a creature. Um, but whatever, you, you know what this card does, you know how good it is and you know what decks you're going to put it. in. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's not, and not anything new, kind of cool to see another one, I guess. I'm, I guess we're just going to see these forever. Yeah. I guess they're just going to keep printing three power. They, three they really like that design. And I like, I hope that they continue to mix up, mix and match the creature types. Yeah. That actually, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, so I guess the next card. Yep. Um, controversial. This is feed the swarm. It is one black for a sorcery, destroy target creature or enchantment and opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost. So I, I don't know. I just, I, would you play this where would you play this i okay i think we disagree a little bit on this i i would play this in mono black and like red black lists Mm -hmm. just if you're in a deck that has absolutely zero options for killing enchantments and you are given the first one you would probably put it in there and the like and of course, even if you don't run into any powerful enchantments, it's always going to be useful as like, the I kill something spell. and yeah. I lose a little bit of life, whatever. Okay. I it's, mean, I see that. It's it's unfortunate that it is a sorcery so that like you can't really, you know, it is never going to be as good as a Doomblade or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I, my bias has always been like, life isn't very valuable, so. Yeah. 
I think the I was kind of high on this card till I saw it was a sorcery. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of for that reason, just the fact that like you can't gotcha someone, you can't be like you can't interrupt a creature based combo, yeah, something like that. And like I understand, like now if I'm playing black red, I can get around their propaganda or something like that. Like I do see like there are certain uh, common cards that people see all the time. I know people complain about like um, Smothering Tide now mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you know, any kind of permission-y enchantment. So I understand that. Uh, I think this is like my, the old school in me going like, oh, I didn't need to care for so long. <laughs> and then they give me this like not so good, like, or or I won't say not good because it's literally the only one, but it's just like, see, it just seems super limited. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I see this card like a braid. Oh, okay. I got you. Where like, wow, in like these both of these halves are not up to snuff, but you're paying for the option and that's what's going on here. Like mm-hmm. I want this to be an instant. I don't want to pay life. I'm so I'm used to my Doom Blades and go for the throats. But I'm I'm given an option that I've never gotten before. Yeah. Okay. No, I see that. And and like they've been dipping their toes into the water with black enchantment removal, you know, over a very long time. We've got first mire in misery which, oh yeah yeah i forgot which, about that yeah it's it, it was forgettable for sure um it was one in a black for a sorcery each opponent sacrifices a creature or enchantment that's not going to save you no yeah that's not going to save you from whatever enchantment is killing you and then beyond that we got far farika's libation um which was i guess a slight upgrade um tube and a black for an instant choose one target opponent sacrifice a creature target opponent sacrifices enchantment that like might save you but it's still like not good and then now we got this thing and it's like okay this is something i would put in a a deck of magic the gathering cards and i think the next one is going to be like closer to where we actually want it which might be like the black mortify Mm. and it's like okay yes thank you wizards i i'm happy now so yeah. I'm happy to like swap this out for the Black Mortify the moment we get it. For now, I will run this card. I got you. In um, in the right color identities, in mono black and black red. Okay, so this next card is an, the rare black uh, land modal spell. Not translated into English yet. Uh, it kind of roughly translates to, we think, like Hagra Bite. Is that what it was? Yeah. What you said? So it, and what's the Scryfall name? <laughs> Scryfall, it is Get Munched. Mm. m-o-n-c-h apostrophe d so it is a four mana instant two and two black uh destroy target creature this spell costs one generic less if an opponent controls no basic lands um the backside just enters tap and taps for a black yeah i sure i, I don't know it's not good that the, i mean it's a pretty bad kill spell compared yeah. to literally every like, yeah spell. there's easily i I mean yeah there's dozens of better kill spells and i also just don't like i know you only need one opponent with no i don't think it's gonna happen that happens so infrequently yeah like like the amount of times you look over and it's like oh well i have a forest and blank Mm -hmm. like even if they have six lands one of them's probably basic like yeah most playgroups don't aren't that um stonky (laughs) Mm -hmm. that running too many 
even in like wins. even in mono brown list they're going to be running some ways so that they can get it with their like burnished heart and their yeah just ramp somewhat yeah so um whatever it's a land that can be a kill spell cool yeah i'll i'll run it in mono black yes yeah. uh I, I will replace the swamp with this even though it is reducing the effectiveness of my cabal coffers yeah. <laughs> real cost it is a real cost um this next one is interesting so it, can i read it and you talk about it because it's it's uh yeah interesting yeah. so this is lithiform blight it is one black for an enchantment aura it enchants a land when lithiform blight enters the battlefield draw a card enchanted land loses all land types and abilities and has tap add c so colorless and tap pay one life add one mana of any color um so yeah super weird so this is like the black spreading seas sort of mm-hmm. if your meta has a ton of utility lands i think this is like a good fifth or sixth option after you add like I mean, it's it's going to be very difficult to ever unseat like strip strip mine, wasteland, tech edge, maybe even like field of ruin. Yeah, they're just they they don't take up a card slot, yeah, whereas this quarter, this does. Yeah. yeah. Um. So after you add those like four or five land based answers, and you find yourself still needing more, still not getting them consistently enough, I would put this in because it is it does replace itself with a card at the very least, even though it is eating up a deck slot. Um, and it'll, and it of course like does gain a little bit of extra value if you're running like an enchantment deck, like a Daxos the Returned perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the one thing about this is it's, it's hoses decks that get permanence back from the grave pretty easily mm-hmm. because in the same way that like a dark steel mutation might hose a commander better than just a kill spell. That's like one thing I was thinking about. Like if you can just, if you can just turn off their coffers, then like that's that's fine that's pretty good but, but then I, they're just going to cast their feed the swarm and get rid of it <laughs> that's great um i i i think i would play this in if, if we ever see the black enchantress deck i would play this there i think yeah i think that would be where i'd play it and daxos has been plucked from our memories yeah I, he's just removed he's from so, the records just so it's so much mana. It's <laughs> so much mana. Oh man. Um, I mean, honestly, that there is a hope. If we get dude, if we get a partner with Enchantress in in Commander Legends, yeah. this is a real thing that could occur mm-hmm. in like two months. Yeah, we it could happen. We could finally get the you black could, yeah, Enchantress you can, list. Well, no, you could they, I mean it'll just be any Enchantress and then you just pair it with any black yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Baron Sengir, Lord of the I shouldn't get my hopes up. <laughs> so let's move on then. Okay. To uh, Soul Shatter. This is a new black instant, two and a black. Each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker with the highest CMC among creatures and planeswalkers they control. Um, I don't know. I, I just... I don't, know. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like these cards. Right. I, I never liked Crackling Doom. I know a lot of people like Crackling Doom. I've I've tried running Crackling Doom a lot, and it was always like not exactly what I wanted. Yeah, that's yeah for sure. Just, and just to like put this in perspective, I think that the community is also like mm, its verdict on Crackling Doom has been unfavorable. So there is a bias, and it makes sense. Like people don't tend to take cards out of their if out of their deck they are like building a precon commander i mean you know if they buy the precon 
they any card that's included in that precon has like uh is more likely to be included there than if they had the choice to add it themselves. So you'd think that any precon any card included in the precon, especially a card included in multiple precons, would have like a huge boost to its like play count in EDH rec. But despite being featured in three different precons, yeah. Crackling Doom only sees play in 8,619 decks on EDH rec. That's a big oof. So I think that means that like people are, I mean, they are being forced to play with this card and they're like, wow, this is not good. Yeah, this is not doing what I want. Uh, and so Soul Shatter gives players even more options. Uh, actually, well, no, it doesn't. I mean, I mean it, it, it can dilute it a little bit more because yeah. if you really want to kill the big creature, it will instead kill the big plane. It may instead kill the big planeswalker. Yeah, I I think this is going to be fine in like standard where where it kills want, Ugin. You want to kill? Yeah. <laughs> it kills Ugin. It kills Ugin. It kills the thing you want to kill is the seven, eight, nine mana threat or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that. That's where this makes the most sense. But in Commander, it's like. Sometimes I'm losing because like they dropped a priestess of Titania and this doesn't help me at all. Yeah. There like I don't want to kill the threats. I want to think kill the thing that's powering out the threats. Yeah, or or I want to I want to kill the thing that's going to combo off or I want to kill et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. Like, I I mean like removal there's there's two axes. There is the value which is like the wrath of god. You get just gets the most amount of cards for your in mana input. And there is like the pinpoint, which yeah. is like the prevent you from dying right now. Yeah. And I am not a huge fan of cards that like fall in the middle and don't do either of them great. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And and it's, I would say that's not even necessarily just a bias. It's just like playing with these cards. They just always underperform. Yeah. Moving on then. Okay. To uh, Thwart the Grave. So Thwart the Grave is a six mana sorcery. It is four black black. This spell costs one generic less for each creature in your party. Return target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you could get two creatures for six mana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be a little bit cheaper. So how do you feel about this? So this like just... Normally, they put some sort of restriction mm-hmm. on cards that get back multiple things. So, for example, like Ever After puts itself on the bottom of your library. Um, I believe Rescue from the Underworld exiles itself. Exiles yeah. itself. Yeah. So, seeing a thing that can reanimate multiple things with no such safety valve is it triggers my combos it, it tingles my combo senses yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way um so for and i'm thinking like the place where it would make the most sense is in inala so with this card and and like a sack outlet and like multiple wizards that like copy spells or recur spells you can get an engine going pretty easily like for example dual cast you, you cast this you cast dual caster mage you targeting the spell you sacrifice dual caster mage with that etb trigger on the stack you get like infinite recursion and copies and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, this, as much as I dislike the party mechanic, I actually do like this card just because wizards love getting back spells. Yeah. And it, uh, I, I think that like, if you're not doing it for infi, I wouldn't probably waste my time. Yeah. In, in that same regard, like if it is wizards, it, it doesn't cost 
six, it costs five or less. Yeah. Uh, if you just happen to have like a rogue sitting around for some reason or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think this is pretty much just for comboing. Yeah. And and if you have like an insane amount of mana, there's just like cast this on Archaeomancer and like um, is it Chronarch and yeah. get, and then you get back Thwart the Grave and a Time Warp and that there you go. And there it is. It just costs you just 10 mana yeah. and like four very specific cards and you win the game. There you go. Um, honestly, those are my favorite combos where it's just the game's gone on too long and you like top deck the fifth card that you needed. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. Um, and we have made it to the red cards now. Okay. So this card's going to seem very familiar. Yes. Yeah. I, I want, do you think could we, uh, I wonder if there's going to be more members. Is this a cycle? It's, oh, it's yeah. so close. It, <laughs> so this is, uh, our first red card is cleansing wildfire. It is one red for a sorcery destroy target land. Its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tap, then uh, shuffle their library, draw a card. So you ghost quarter land for two mana. Uh, seems uh, well ghost quarter, but tapped. Oh yeah, but tapped. You, you you cannot net them mana in this fashion. Oh, that's actually that's that's cool. That's nice. So this, I mean, this card, this design looks familiar. Yeah. So we got um, what was it called? It was. Um, Are you thinking spreading seas? No, no, no. There's the three mana version of this. In oh Horizons. yeah. Geomancer's uh, Gambit. Correct. Yeah. So it was the exact same card, but for two and a red um in modern horizons no one seemed to care then uh is two mana where they will maybe 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 (laughs) i i i think it's like i mean it's definitely it's no spreading seas because there Mm -hmm. are commanders that actually care about like that have island walk or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but maybe that's the right price point like I'm a little bit inclined to give red cards that cycle a bit more of a pass than in colors like like a green cards a green card that cycle I I will not turn my head at. Yeah. Um but red because you just have fewer good staples like a card your deck slots are less valuable. There's yeah. there's there's not like an overabundance of awesome red cards and you have to like really pick and choose about who to fit in. It's like you are struggling in your oh mono red deck to like get where, the rest of the way there. Where are the good red instants? Yeah. Where are they? Um, so I think this is better than lithiform blight. Mm-hmm. Um, in part because it can't get undone by uh, enchantment removal. So I, I don't know. I, I like it. I think if your meta has a lot of, um, of utility lands or even bounce lands, um, and again, like your your four or five land base answers aren't enough for you. I would put this in your deck. Yeah, I I think that's reasonable because it it is pretty often that I have been running into a, just a land that needs to die mm-hmm. lately. So, I mean, it certainly it also it bears mentioning that this is like a budget option because mm-hmm. what is wasteland cost? What is strip mine cost? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean. Uh, a lot of people were not fortunate enough to get a bunch of strip mines when they were kids. So yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. So, uh, verdict on this card. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm going to wait and see. I think you're right that red doesn't necessarily have too many good cards. Good cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Actually, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm, I, is that a cop out to withhold judgment? 
No, that, that's fine. I mean, uh, we'll. I, yeah, I think it's totally reasonable. Okay, cool. Then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. And uh, one one last thing to note: uh, anyone who casts this on their own Darksteel Citadel gets 100 gamer score. Oh yeah, get those those gamer points, bro. Yeah. Um, speaking of bro, bro time. Uh, this is Valakut Exploration. This is two in a red for an enchantment. It has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. Uh, it also has at the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard. Then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. So, uh, hell yeah, brother. Some card drawn red. This is great. That's it. I, this is fine. I, I am a fan of this card as well. Yeah. I, I love it in the red uh, or the green red landfall decks. Oh, yeah. Especially good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just uh, gets you out of top deck mode. At, like The fact that it like, okay, I draw a land, that sucks. And then even if the next card is a land, it's like I got it off the top. I don't have yeah. to worry. Yeah, no, this turns top deck mode into just like gas, like you, uh, Sire of Insanity was reanimated, but you have your, uh, Valakut exploration. Yeah. So you top deck a land and go, oh man, wait, play it, exile a card. You're like, yeah, it, like it's just, everything is gas with yep. this card out and, uh, hell yeah, brother. I'm, I'm into that card. It's great. Um, so this next card I, uh, mentioned, uh like two hours ago. <laughs> uh, this is Kazul's Fury. It is three mana, two and a red for an instant. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature. Kazul's Fury deals damage equal to sacrifice creature's power to any target. It also uh, could be a land that enters tapped and taps for red. Um, yeah, how do you feel about this? Where did uh, you run this? So there are a couple decks that just have enormous creatures to toss. Um, I'm thinking Throwmock the Insatiable, with, uh, you know, squares the number of creatures you devour. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he will reliably have like twenty five power or something. Uh, Greven can also have enormous power. There's that one cool trick that doctors hate, where you pay all your life to gre- to like some sort of effect in a Greven and like give it lifelink and yeah. you know you gain all your life back. And wow, Greven has like thirty power right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really ridiculous. Um, and then there's like Crush, the Blood Braided. He's, you know, legendary for growing really big. And like, of course, Xenagos, you will start off with your five power, your five cost 10 power creature. And then he's a five cost 20 power creature. And you yeah. swing in and then you finish the job. And then he is. They're dead. They are now dead. Uh, no, yeah, totally agree. Uh, I think this is just niche enough to not see play in like every deck, but like broad enough that enough commanders you'll see it still like these are some pretty popular commanders so mm-hmm. uh i think you will see this card yeah i definitely like like these types of modal lands a lot better than the generic yeah stuff. and and uh i think when we do the wrap-up on this i'll talk more about specific things but like a lot of the red lands were geared for limited mm-hmm. there's one that pings yeah it pings <laughs> um but we'll talk about that later um the next card is much cooler than just a card that deals one damage. It is Leyline Tyrant. It is a 4-4 flying dragon for 2 and 2 red. You don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. 
When Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red mana. When you do, it deals that much damage to a target. I like that that failsafe is there. That is not why I care about this card necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is really good in um, Neheb 3.0, Neheb 2.0, some of the only red decks that can like really just get out there and generate that mana. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I, there's not too many places I can think about really like this being an all-star if that yeah i i agree like the tricky thing with this card is it would be a lot it would be a lot better if it was like a one cost one one goblin (laughs) yeah because the thing is like you have to be saving at least five mana for it to justify like the investment of mana in it and then of course like there's you know some amount of mana to card ratio that you also need to factor in that you that you're spending a card on to do this. Yeah. So that is, that's something to take into consideration. And also like, if that has to do that over multiple turns then it has to like survive for that long. Also like my, so I have an Heb, uh, the eternal deck. That's probably the best deck for generating red mana. Yeah. It's crazy yeah, amounts of mana. Yeah. Very large. Um, in general, I'm not like passing the turn with a lot of mana very often. Um, this like what tends to happen is like okay i have neheb i'm generating a ton of mana now i win and it's gonna take me like five turns to do it yeah or like five minutes to do it i'm not i'm just like not saying like dang i got 40 mana and can't ah i guess i'll kill anybody yeah pass just passing the turn it doesn't yeah it doesn't really happen that often um it's cool that like you know once you do get to those huge amounts of mana that like your ley line tyrant can serve as a win condition and kill somebody but kind of there's a a lot of cards that will win the game with 40 mana in red yeah yeah i i was trying to think of like decks that accidentally will make mana or make mana in weird increments or something like that and there's just like not a lot i think one of the reasons that like crucifix the god Mm -hmm. commander is really popular is that like you kind of don't care that deck it's blue green so you're just making ridiculous amounts of mana anyway Mm -hmm. um and especially as you're like winding up you play crew fix and you're like okay well like that two mana i didn't use this turn goes to crew fix now that eight mana goes to crew fix now i'm spending like x is 38 on this like hurricane or something like Mm -hmm. whatever it is there's a lot more rewards for it and there's a lot more passive mana that you're kind of giving up on when you're making that much mana in a turn Mm -hmm. and kind of like you said that i really cannot see that happening with this card in particular i just cannot see that many red decks that are like oops i I tapped out and i didn't spend it all yeah i yeah i well i mean i'm willing to be proven wrong but i Mm -hmm. just when this guy was spoiled i just pulled out neheb 2.0 and did a bunch of gold fishing and like thought about just replacing i asked myself like would i rather this card was a leyline tyrant a bunch of times over the course of those games like nope 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 yeah it just uh, wasn't the case yeah i mean I, I to be fair this is what i think mythics should look like oh yeah it's it's a it's a very cool line of text mm-hmm. i don't know if it has an easy place in yeah. the format yeah then you know what that's fine yeah and and maybe if you're playing like a less comboy neheb build then yeah and you are trying to like earthquake for 39 as opposed to yeah. it to win other ways yeah exactly 
Okay. Um, so this next card is weird and weird in a way that I don't think we have too much to say about it. Magmatic Channeler is a 1-3 human wizard for one and a red. As long as there are four or more instants and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, Magmatic Channeler gets plus three plus one. So it becomes a 4-4. Four, four. It also has the uh, the spicy part. Tap, discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, then choose one of them. You may play that card this turn. Um, I, I don't know where this goes. <laughs> I've been trying to think since it was spoiled and i i can't really think of too many i think you had the best one like you had said alesha is probably yeah the best one for this so it has low power so if it ever dies alesha can bring it back alessa alesha also likes to fill her graveyard um and this is a way to get value off of that like i have previously looked into playing dismissive pyromancer just as like a discard outlet this one is kind of similar in except like you don't have to pay mana to activate it, yeah. which is nice. Like Alesha is surprisingly mana hungry. Yeah. But also just like looking at the curve in an Alesha deck, it's really low. Um, most of those, you know, one and two power creatures that you're recurring are fairly cheap. So getting them off of um, getting them off of impulsive draw is not the worst. You're most likely going to be able to cast whatever it is you flip off of magmatic channeler there's not going to be a whole lot of oh i wanted that but i i can't cast it no i feel that yeah so i think over time we might see more places to put this but for now it exists yep um so we've reached the red mythic in the land cycle the land spell cycle uh this is shatter skull this is shatter skull shatter skull shashin this is shatter skull smashing X red red for a sorcery. Shatter Skull Smashing deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, Shatter Skull Smashing deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. And then uh, backside taps for red. You can pay three just so it enters untapped. Um, I, I mean, like, I know, like, I should put this in instead of a land, but, like, it's, like, almost so not sexy that i yeah don't want to <laughs> i think that's going to be the saving grace for a lot of these cards like especially the mythic cycle like they are strictly better it is like you know a half a percent win rate increase yeah. kind of thing and the like spikes are going to care about it and timmy is like this card sucks yeah like i can't deal damage to some like two players yeah like why can't i deal damage to someone's face yeah why please yeah it, it's uh and that's what's going to like keep them from being horrifically expensive so if you do care you can probably pick it up but i i don't think the commander community at large is going to give a crap about this yeah i i feel that too and on, i mean that's kind of my same how i felt about lutri uh-huh <laughs> um is just like not it's like just too spiky for like most of the community to care about well the problem is i i think honestly let's that the damn creature types <laughs> yeah that's true actually yeah they made it an otter they, they can make cards like that they just have to make them like really, really ugly boring. yeah and lame bad art really yeah. generic creature type terrible name yeah. by the way uh can you just do me a favor for we move on to the next card would you mind just like reading out this uh the card name like five times the valakut awakening no 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 for the this one we were just talking about oh sh- shatter skull smashing 
and Shatter Skull the Hammer Pass. Just, just the first one. Shatter Skull Smashing. Shatter Skull Smashing. <laughs> smashing. Shatter Skull Smashing. You think the creative team would catch names like that? Yeah. Not intentionally create like constructed, playable tongue twisters, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh, man. Oh. Yeah, I wanted this to be good really badly. I'm like, yeah, red one. Because the next card we're going to talk is about is like actually good yeah i'm like super excited to play with but this one uh, is like oh oh yeah okay. i'm not really super stoked about rolling thunder plus plus yeah but. and rolling thunder i think you pulled it up it was like a thousand decks on eda track yeah like less than one percent and honestly like red decks any and rolling thunder doesn't double when it hits a threshold but you can just win the game with it too yeah like late game if i have like that's true. 12 mana. I could just dome someone for 10 with Rolling Thunder. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like Rolling Thunder is a win con in like a wart deck yeah. or like a Roshin deck. And like this, well, I can kill two things very good. Yeah. I, they're, they're certainly dead. Pass. Yeah. Um, so this next card, though, I, I, I like a lot. I said its name previously. This is Valakut Awakening. It is an instant put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. The back half uh, enters tapped and taps for red. God, this is great. <laughs> oh, man, I love this. Yeah, I'm a big old fan of this guy. It's like they... So I, I've talked about it briefly. I have like a Mina and Den list that I just like was like, how do I make this not bad? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like they looked at my list and were like, here you go, Zachary. Mm -hmm. Here is... A gift to you. I can see the hole in your heart. Yeah. Let me fill it. <laughs> Let me fill it. Put all those lands in your hand, young one, and then get spells. <laughs> Here are so many spells. Or play it early to cast your commander, and then you can bounce it for sick value, young mm -hmm. one. Yeah, it's it's great. This Morrow just like came to you in a vision and like kissed your forehead. <laughs> I woke up in a in a cold sweat, and my <laughs> laptop was open to this page on on Mythic Spoiler. <laughs> Somehow you ended up wearing a comic book t-shirt <laughs> and a flannel. Yeah, and some jorts. Um, yeah, this card is, I don't know, this is excellent. And this was one of the first spell lands that we saw, which uh, made me super excited and terrified. But don't worry, most of the red ones are bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, great. Um, it's, you know, I, I run in my, like, red decks with less lovely color identities i'm running a lot of like thrill of possibility and tormenting voice type of stuff and this is you know the problem is with those cards is sometimes in a red deck all your cards are bad yeah. <laughs> happens a lot yep uh so i would much rather play this and ship everything i don't like and yeah yeah it's a land in a pinch i'm i'm super stoked about this card and there's even a couple commanders that it has extra value with uh there are some red commanders that really like having particular cards in their library rather than in their hand uh or sometimes they like having particular cards on the bottom of their library yep so i'm thinking like grenzo you can just get rid of your sweet targets let grenzo pull them out for cheap um Scion of the Ur Dragon, Zulan of the Claw, Godo Bandit Warlord, those all tutor things out of your library and onto the battlefield. So you would prefer not to draw your Molten Steel Dragon and your Scytherix in a Scion deck, yep. for example. Yep. So yeah, just seems great. 
we made it everyone to the green cards uh this first one is one of these spell land cycle cards it is balaget recovery it is tuna green return target card from your graveyard to your hand uh then back taps are green and they're stabbed um yeah this so god what was the okay i found the stat regrowth is in 18.5 thousand decks on edh rec wow mm-hmm. and this is more or less just better than that it doesn't cost you a card slot uh yeah it costs three but like it doesn't cost you a card yeah slot. and that, you get that's a big game whatever you need it's just it's so good it's so good so um and of course like it's not even really competing with regrowth it's competing with basic forest yeah honestly it's you just play this tapped on turn one or three or whatever and uh you're good to go yeah it's crazy just the amount of extra value it gives you this next card uh i think we're gonna mention i I just don't think we're gonna talk about these cards much period this is inscription of abundance it's part of a cycle Mm -hmm. they're all gonna be inscription of something uh we did not talk about the black one because it's not super good and that's what kind of i'm gonna say here uh it is one and a green it has kicker to green so it's either two mana to play or five mana with kick uh, choose one. If the spell is kicked, choose any number instead. Uh, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Target player gains X life where X is the g- greatest power among creatures they control. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Um, this one is the... It's like m- verging on playability in like Calamax lists, but it's just also not at all. Mm-hmm. like fighting two things isn't super good like if you can consistently get the five mana do all three of these twice then yeah you you're you're doing great calmax is huge crushing it crushing it you're eating two boys you're getting in there that's great but when you're just like fighting two things or just putting in this case it would be five plus one plus one counters on calmax like just, just reverberate something <laughs> like just, yeah. just anything else I, I really don't see this cycle being super good for commander because it is a decent fight spell mm-hmm. i'm inclined to mention it and like the commanders that really like to fight oh, love, yeah the fighting fighting boys yeah so there's gargos he loves being the target of spells and he's huge he cares if any of your creatures are target of spells yeah there's also Ronus the Indomitable, who has Death Touch, is very large, is also indestructible. He's great <laughs> with all these fight spells. And then, of course, there's Naif, who draws you cards when your stuff fights. So that's an easy inclusion for this guy, even if you're like basically just using it as... I mean, it's no, it's not much better than a pounce in these situations, but oh, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's you, all you need. There might be an instance where you'd kick her in like Naif or something, but most of the time it's just two mana fight something draw a card yeah we have yet to see the full cycle but i doubt they're gonna get too much better mm-hmm. um on a related note yeah on a related note there's there's a calney ambush a spell land uh two and a green for an instant target creature you control fights target creature you don't control and it taps for green enters the battlefield tapped uh where do you think you'd run this card name me three decks <laughs> well i think uh ronis the indomitable nyeth of the dire hunt and gargos vicious watcher would be uh very happy to include another fight card mm, very insightful yeah yeah um do you want to move on yeah <laughs> um yeah so roiling regrowth this is a green instant two and a green sacrifice a land search your library for up to two basic land cards and put them onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library this is, I mean, 
So this is, if it gets countered, it's better than Haro for you. Mm-hmm. Every other case, Haro is better for you. Yeah. Pretty much every other case, but it is instant speed ramp. How many times in your life, or actually, better question, what percentage of the times you've seen a Haro cast has it been countered? Like less than 1%. Okay, all right. Like I've definitely had a Haro countered once mm-hmm. out of the dozens, like, like, so many times I've cast a Haro in my life. Yeah. Like, like it's just not something people typically don't counter the Haro. They counter the threat or whatever it's going to be. So. Yeah. And, and also like if you're playing your Kalamax deck, yeah, it doesn't like, it doesn't matter if they counter it cause it's already copied. Yeah. I get a copy of it anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's cool. I love more instant speed ramp. Um, that's it. Yeah, it's it's cool. Maybe we'll put this in decks that want to do that. Okay, I I realize you know I was so stoked when Halana got spoiled, and I realized it is actually like a curse on us because now in addition to mentioning the crappy one one flyers for Edric, we have to mention the Death Touch creatures, <laughs> and that that's my preface for this card, which is Tajuru Blightblade, a single green mana for a one one elf rogue with Death Touch. So uh, if you put this in a Halana deck, it's like a Necrotal. Yep. The end. It is very much a Necrotal. Okay. So this is Turn Timber Symbiosis. It is four and three green for a sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If that card has converted mana cost three or less, it enters with three additional plus one plus one counters on it. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then it has the, if you pay three life, it enters on tap. Taps are green. Um, this is, um, I wish they did something to the red spell like they did for this one. Mm-hmm. Or it, why doesn't the red one hit people's face? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. But this this one. Like, Too the, good in the late game. I, when you I have guess. the mana to cast it, you can probably just like kill somebody. I, yeah. But um, it's this makes you not feel like an idiot if you uh quote like have to hit a bad creature or something like that yeah like oh no it's my i hit a my fin horned elves mm-hmm. oh okay now it's a it's a four four yeah don't feel terrible um but it's fine it's a would blank. you would you play it over basic forest in a mono green deck um yeah 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 i think okay. i would uh, one one thing to note that I like just got and they were I, I love it when like the creative or like design works with creative to like teach you how the card works. So I didn't think about this at first, but in the art they show a hydra, and I think the idea is there's so many like hydras that are like X green green for a zero zero. If you normally if you flip those off of this type of spell, they just die. But now you actually get a hydra oh i didn't yeah i didn't think about that either yeah that's great okay cool thank you for (laughs) not killing my hydra well i was gonna say putting the training wheels on this card so i could figure out what it's supposed to do but that's cool (laughs) um okay moving on vastwood surge three and a green for a sorcery it has kicker four search your library for up to two basic land cards put them onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library if this spell was kicked, put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. Does this remind you of any card? And in how many decks on EDH Rec is that card? So there's uh, a card you might um, be familiar with. It's uh, called Explosive Vegetation. 
and uh, it currently sees play in 34,000 decks on EDH Rec. Um, but if you're playing it still, you're just a big dumb dumb idiot because <laughs> we've gotten so many strictly better strictly better versions. This is just strictly better explosive vegetation again. One set later, yeah, when we got a migration route, which is yeah just it cycles if you don't want it and circuitous route like a year before that yeah Yeah, just insane so um don't be a big dumb dumb idiot pull those veggies out put in vastwood surge or one of these other ones that does more or something i don't know it's fine it maybe you just ramp really 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 hard and you are just super excited every time one of these four mana gets yeah you're <laughs> that, maybe you're just super happy to run all 12 of them that's fine yeah that's cool um yeah there you go we're in multicolor now uh congrats everyone for making it this far mm-hmm. so first one is marasa root grazer this is a two three vigilance for green white the first ability is you may put a basic land card from your hand onto the battlefield and what's the cost of that ability uh you tap it Uh, The second one, you also, the second ability, it also has cost tap. Uh, Return target basic land you control to its owner's hand. Um, So I thought this was really, really cool um, with these new spell lands. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. The white green archetype is get more value off of your lands. No. And it's basic lands. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Um, so he's good in hate bore. He, you play your hate bore and you play your basic that your hate bore got you. <laughs> Would you call that? Okay. That's some sick synergy. No, or, I, it's, there's, I don't really know where to put this. I guess if you, anywhere you play walking Atlas or, ooh, but the, walking Atlas is, uh, puts any, any land, land in. Yeah. I mean, you can't even like combo with bounce lands in this game. Yeah. But what's the snake? Uh, Sakura tribe scout scout it's yeah that one like if you're i don't think that one's i, th- I think that one's also any land yeah no I, that yeah, one's okay. definitely any land because yeah, okay. you can play bounces off of it in summer bloom all right sure <laughs> all right go ahead Sorry. um but basically like if you're playing those creatures you might want to play this creature too just because you're I, I can't imagine what deck wants this but mm. this is it exists now yeah, this is my fault. I shouldn't have put it on the spoiler. I, I put it on the spoiler, not seeing the word basic in the first ability, and I'm like, oh, it slots into all those uh, Retreat to Coral Helm come. <laughs> and then I wasted all of your time. <laughs> okay. Um, this next one is, uh, not much to say, but it is uh, Umara Mystic. It is a 1-3 flying merfolk wizard. It costs one red, uh, sorry, one blue red. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery or wizard spell, uh, Umara Mystic gets plus two, plus oh until on a turn. Um, so we Dragonauts has played in some lists. Um, 72% of Adelie's The Cinderwind lists run we Dragonauts. Uh, and this is better than that in that list. You, mm-hmm. Your wizards also trigger yeah. <laughs> this card. You're probably not running a lot of cards that care about the fact that the Dragonauts are a fairy, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yep. So. Mm-hmm mostly better yep mostly better and so now if you are with us still we have made it to the end um we have made it to the rare cycle of uh dual lands um there are six of them um which i think is the most interesting part of them (laughs) uh, other than the fact that they're double-sided so one side makes one color the other side makes the other color you pick which side it is when it enters the battlefield they all enter untapped so, um, the first one is Clearwater Pathway. Uh, oh, path- just just tell us the combination of yeah, colors. Yeah, so it's um, 
blue, black, uh, red, green, green, white, white, black, blue, red, and red, white. So those are the combinations we get this time. They really, really good in competitive formats because it's just whatever many you need really early in the game. Commander doesn't necessarily care that much. These are still good. These are still fine. I'm going to play them in my decks that care about these colors because mm-hmm. they don't enter tapped and it's whatever I need in the moment. But they're not like incredible. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't, uh, I'm uh, hesitant to rush to judgment on these just because I think that mm, I think that we're so used to duels that we don't it's a little bit invisible to us like how often we use them for both colors oh yeah i mean i've thought about that because that happens to me when i'm uh feather is very color hungry Uh uh-huh so like there's a lot of times when i'm like oh no i need a three white and one red this turn and like not two red and two white or something yeah i was thinking about it with regards to rakdos lord of riots oh yeah (laughs) just that is another deck that is extremely color hungry and i don't think you I mean, you would. I mean, it comes in and play untapped. It's better than a basic, I guess, but it still feel it performs way worse in that deck than it would in another one. Mm-hmm. My verdict right now is that they're fine. Much like the fast lands were more impactful in other formats, I think these are going to be more impactful in other formats. That being said, more duels. Um, the one remarkable thing is that it is a cycle of six as opposed to enemy or allied colors. Well, first. yeah, well, yeah, three of each. Yeah, it's three of each, which. I honestly like, so I, I play other uh, digital card games that do this often and they do it kind of to color balance in like the quote standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always wondered why Magic didn't do this. And I think it was just kind of precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason for Magic to stick with the like, here's the first five allied color version of the cycle and then maybe never get back to that cycle. Yep. So you end up with like enemy color cycles needing <laughs> some more lands yep. <laughs> to compete. Um, so I am happy to see it's kind of not following that structure that actually kind of shows me that they're trying something out. They're maybe learning, um, and hopefully stuff like this just keeps happening. Yeah. Maro has said that the other four are going to be coming very soon. Mm. We also know that both Strixhaven and Kaldheim are going to have modal double-faced cards. Okay. So likely before the end of the year, we're going to get the remaining four. And I think that's just a better way to handle it. Like rather than here's five, uh, you will never get, you will never get the enemy. Yeah. (laughs) Which happens so often. They, I don't understand why they did that. Mm -hmm. They did it so often. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just much happier to see it like this. Yep. Um, and that's it. So we will have more spoils for you as we get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not talk about every card that was spoiled this time. This episode would have been like four hours long. <laughs> um, we also did not uh, talk about any unofficial. Yes, leaks, we did not talk about unofficial. But leaks. we'll probably get back to you with those next time. Yes, uh, they will. We probably, have thoughts. We have big thoughts. Yes, big thoughts. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening this far. Please let us know if there's something that has been spoiled that you want us to talk about, or something you think that uh, is interesting or has a place in a deck that we didn't mention. Uh, if you disagree with my uh, stance on the kicker instance, <laughs> I would actually love to hear like your argument about that. Um, So yeah, just hit us up and thank you for listening. And uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Before we go, I want to give a brief shout out to our Patreon patrons. They are 
Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, the White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amon, Kevin, Kaidel, and Jeremy. Thank you all for supporting the show. It's because of you that we're able to create two-hour episodes like this one. <laughs> Tons of content for you. Uh, yeah, two times that. Two times that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you all for supporting the show. Um, if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at Patreon.com/CommanderTheory. Hey everybody, it is Zach. Uh, hello, just dropping in uh, really late at the end of the episode. If you made it here, if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. And I just have one really quick announcement. So uh, things have been pretty crazy for me and Nick the last uh, year. There were the last, oh, the last six months. Understandably so with everything. Our lives and your lives have all been changed dramatically. Uh, we have tried to be consistent or as consistent as we have been allowed to be. Uh, with releases on Mondays, uh, but sometimes it just didn't work out. Uh, me and Nick have been switching around with like editing schedules and stuff, and it looks like uh, today was late. It was Thursday, but I think we're going to be just shooting for Thursday from now on. So if you are listening to this, expect the weekly releases to drop on Thursdays uh, with the occasional Monday release if there's like some crazy bombshell news just uh, so that we can go to the best of our abilities make sure that the quality is still good enough um and that you just get the product that hopefully you expect at this point we've been trying to ramp up production and everything so i'm talking too long this is uh this is the end of my little rant we're gonna drop on thursdays and uh thank you all for listening bye if any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.